cap, better stem, catch a wave on us. Take a shot, make a friend, just enjoy the moment. I'm a guy walking on these haters. Celebrate every day like a birthday. Top gun, I'm a Tom Cruise. 
All right, guys, um, we're going to go to a quick song real quick. Um, This is the Urban Wire brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. This is episode 100. Um, We are celebrating a milestone in the Urban Wire. Um, You guys, um, give us a few minutes. we got a a couple of um, technical difficulties. Um, We're still trying to hook up to Facebook Live really quick. So we're going to go to another quick song. Um, You guys can join the conversation by calling in at 646-915-8200. Once again, at 646-915-8200. We'll be back momentarily. We're still trying to work out a couple of kinks really quick, but um, join in on the chat. We're on Facebook Live tonight. We're trying to hook that up really quick. And also, we will be on YouTube Live as well. So um, we're going to be back in a few minutes. Hang in with us.
All right, we are back. Um, all right, I think we got everything situated. Uh, yeah, okay, we got the live popping. We got everything up and streaming. For those of you that are now just coming in the room, um, you are listening to the hundredth episode of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. This is definitely a milestone for us. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, just want to get a couple housekeeping things out the way. Um, and before we do that, I want to make sure we have our guests online. Um, Matthew, are you online? Yes, I am. Can you hear us? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, I just want to let you guys know what we have going on. This is our 100th episode, but our next upcoming episode, probably like about our next four or five episodes, we still got some things in the works. We have some very special guests that are coming um, on our show. Um, next week on the 8th, we have Justin J. 1232 from YouTube. He's, he's a, a prolific um, YouTube you know, content creator, you know what I'm saying? Y'all go over there and check him out. Um, he has a website called kingareads.com. Go over there and get your life, get your, get your, you know, get your tea, get your daily tea. They always have something over there for you to uh, read, something about you, you know, something over there for you, for the kids to go over there and participate in good conversation about the culture, LGBT lifestyle, everything. Go over there and get your, get your life. They also have a podcast as well. Um, for the Culture Podcast, where you guys, I think you can go check it out on um, iTunes and stuff like that. It's on iTunes. We're going to get more details about that, but I definitely want y'all to check it out next week. Um, we're going to be streaming live on YouTube and Facebook next week as well. Um, he will be joining us, and I think Adrian is too. I think that's um, uh, his, his one of his friends. He has a good channel too. His name Adrian Expressions on YouTube, you guys should go check him out too. Uh, very enlightening, you know, enlightening conversation. And for those of you that are looking for something different, just thought provoking, go 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 support those two brothers. Like um, we have to definitely support one another. Um, tonight I got a lot going on. We're trying to get the Facebook Live and stuff popping and stuff like that. Um, our connection, I think we got our connection popping. Okay, that's good. I just want to do a rundown of what we're going to talk about tonight. We have a lot to get um, to in the next couple of hours. We're going to do um, coverage on the 2018 State of the Union Address um, that took place a couple of nights ago. We're going to go through and do um, some discussion about that. We're going to discuss um, seven big fact checks from Trump's State of the Union. Um, we're going to find out, was he, was he kind of like stretching the truth on certain things? Was he, was he being sincere? Was he being honest? So we're going to talk about that. Also, uh, in relation to that, uh, with that, we're going to deal with the di discussion of Trump's State of the Union with him discussing the issues of black unemployment and also his constant fight with black athletes. We're going to talk about, you know, what's up with that? You know what I'm saying? You always are coming for them so hard. Like, you know, when there's so much more going on in this country, 
So we're going to talk about that. Also, there's been speculation that Melania Trump and Donald Trump, you know, he is, you know, their relationship and their marriage is a little rocky right now. So we're going to talk about that. There's speculation around there because she, she came to the State of the Union. They came in separate vehicles and stuff like that. Um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, people speculating that he's been having an affair with a porn star by the name of Stormy Daniels. So we're going to read an article about that. We're going to get to the bottom of that. Also, we're going to talk about uh, a story that came out dealing with FEMA. Like FEMA um, is officially ending their food and water shipments to Puerto Rico. Um, you know, you, I know you guys remember the devastating um, hurricane that hit that, you know, that the island like about uh, – well, remember about three, three, four months ago. I mean, just the devastation that just, you know, they just, I mean, just tore that island apart. So we're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to get on the entire Monique uh, situation where she is calling for a boycott of Netflix, you know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about the uh, con- conflicting information that's out there about, you know, what she told us versus the actual truth. And I guess she also had some some words with Roland Martin, too, and he kind of read her her rights, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to get to that. And we're going to talk about this Me Too movement. Now, there's a lot of people that are starting to give this whole entire Me Too movement the side eye because there's a lot of people that are being opportunists. They're jumping on this this movement. We're going to talk about where the movement originally came from. We're going to talk about how it's being tainted and just, just some of the foolishness that's behind that. So uh, also we're going to talk about uh, the Marvel movie Black Panther that's going to be premiering here soon. And we're going to be doing a quick Grammy recap if we have time. So we got a lot to talk about today. Now, for those of you that want to call in, feel free to call in at 646-915-8200. I'm going to be repeating that throughout the show because I really want y'all to come in the room, um, the Facebook. If you got Facebook chat up, if, if, if you're in, feel free to send your comments, questions, um, Anything that you want us to share on air, feel free to get engaged with the conversation. Call us up, 646-915-8200, and we're going to jump right into some things. Now, we're going to go straight to the line. We have Matthew Upchurch online, and I think we have another caller that's online, too. We're going to go to the lines and see who this is. Um, Caller 812-639. Is this JR? Oh, you know it is. Oh, spooky, spooky! Now you know we, you know we had to. I say this wouldn't have been a hundred episode without you know, without you being here now because you know we got to get this party started right. You know what I'm saying? That's right, but my I brother. Need, yeah. So before we go any further, I need y'all to let me know in the chat if you guys can hear me. Um, Facebook chat. I need, I need y'all to holler back at me. Because y'all was y'all was in here deep last week, so I need you guys to um, let me know is is the sound on point. Um, I know we've been having a little uh, a few connection problems, so 
Um, just work with us. This is something new that we're doing. Um, last show, it worked out pretty well. We had a lot of people joining in the chat, um, very engaging. So uh, just let me know how things are going. Currently, we're still trying to get the YouTube chat up and going. So just be patient with us for a few minutes. So, JR, so what's been going on with you? I'm going to get to you in a minute, Matt, because I know you got a lot. I know you got a lot <laughs> to say about this union address that took place the other night. But, uh, JR, what you what have you been up to? I know we haven't heard from you in a while. So, how's things been going with you? Well, man, I you know, with the ex- with the exception of the local drama here lately, you know, uh, my mother took ill, and thank God, you know, for all the prayers that were sent and all that, she's responding to the medication. She's doing much better. And, you know, we're uh, looking to transfer her to be closer to us, you know, but other than that, man, I mean, life has just been fantastic, bro. It's, it's been one trip after another with the exception of about a two day period where I was contemplating, um, oh, let's see, what what would the legal term be? Uh, where I was yeah. contemplating a uh, major assault yeah. battery. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> and, 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 battery, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook uh I had posted a brief post for about two days. This guy that lived in my hometown, lives in my hometown. You know, him and my sister got into a very personal Facebook fight, you know. And uh, he basically just came out telling my sister that, you know, if she doesn't like his opinion, he she can just leave his country. Get the hell out of his country. Ooh, no, that. Yeah, so that was the point when I said I had enough, you know, and I, I, I put down on that Facebook post, I said, uh, hey there, tough guy, you know, let, let's see if you got the nads to say that to my face. I'm from where you live at. <laughs> I'll be there this coming weekend. You name the time and place. He didn't respond, right? You, so, already, know, you already know when you when you tell them to knuck when they buck. You knuck, knuck when you buck. They ain't, ain't going to come through. They ain't, ain't going to pull up. You already know how they do. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. Hey, keyboard warriors, you know. And uh, I um, – so I post I, – I screenshotted his name, and I screenshotted the comments. I posted a uh, post on my Facebook saying anybody with any information on this guy to get it to me ASAP that I'm going to give him a beating of the ages, you know? The Reginald Denny would see Reginald Denny's time <laughs> uh, beating during the L.A. riots would seem like a mere timeout compared to what I was going to do to this guy. He had me so irritated. And... Uh, oh. You know, because here's the thing. It's it's one thing to talk this type of garbage, okay? It's another thing to do it to my family. 
You know, so so it became, I was going to hunt this guy. And, uh, you know, they they say the Lord works in mysterious ways, and so does life. Because then, and I I, I do apologize in advance for the term I'm going to use. Within 10 minutes of me posting that post, I made a new friend. Uh, this girl who knows him calls me up and uh, I didn't know her prior to this. And she says, uh, and I quote, yeah, I know this guy, screw this guy. He's an asshole. She goes, but you need to know something. And I said, what's that? And, uh, she said, he is, uh, mentally challenged. And I was like, oh, damn, man. I can't go around beating up mentally challenged people. That'll put me in a special section of hell right next to Hitler. You know? (laughs) So, you know, I I had to drop it. I I, I had to drop it. So I left the post up, and then the guy gets a hold of me at 2 o'clock in the morning that day. And uh, he's moaning and complaining about what he didn't understand why I posted this up. And I told him, and I said, we're going to talk, you know? So I kept him up for like three hours after that, man. And now keep in mind, he's from my hometown. We were the first minorities in this town, you know? Uh, and so we know a lot of people, and it turns out that his employer is a very close friend of my family's. So my sister contacted his employer and told him what he'd done during working hours, okay? Let, let me just specify that. And uh, the his employer, the owner of the company, said, send me them pictures. He, my sister sent them to him. He was fired five minutes later. Um, but so you, you know, then so I, you sent the so you sent the pictures of the 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 chat, or did he actually send some other incriminating photos? Like, I, I, oh, I no, no, we we sent, we, yeah, we sent we sent the pictures of the chat between him and my sister to him, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, it was during his working hours that he was doing this. He should have been working. He was on lunch break. He was right. on the. Uh, on the break, this is why he was supposed to be working, and uh, yeah, he, he got chicken. And then my sister's like, "Well, now I feel bad after I told her what I found out. They, now I didn't find this out till the next morning, you know." And I told my sister immediately, and uh, she goes, "Oh, now I, feel, I said you shouldn't feel bad. Don't feel bad at all." I said because at the time that it was happening, we did not know anything about this guy. You know, and through all the stuff, now keep in mind, people change, and a lot of the people in the area have changed. (laughs) But through the stuff that we went through when we first moved into that town, no, I don't feel bad at all, you know. And I, if I accidentally bump into this guy, I'm going to have to refrain from beating his butt because for the simple fact that he is, you know, mentally retarded by the medical terms, you know? So I, I can't, I, I don't, 
that's that's one of them things that once it sticks to you, it doesn't matter how much good you've done throughout your life. You mm. once you become known as the guy that beat up a you know a special needs person, you're gonna forever be known as that, no matter what that person did which is kind of unfair that someone that's mentally challenged is also an asshole. You've been going through a lot of foolishness lately. That's crazy. That That is totally crazy. Well, I, I see, you know, we always look forward to your stories every time you call in. So we, we definitely looking forward to, we look forward to that. Um, right. You guys, let me know. For some reason, my stream is, like, slowing up, so I'm going to try to uh, not use this microphone. All right. I'm going to focus on this. Okay. All right. You guys can hear me okay, right? Yeah, you're, you're clear on my end. Okay. It's really the Facebook Live um, that I'm having problems with. I don't know why it is, like, lagging today. Yeah, it, it, I think it, of... you're pixelating like crazy. Also, you watching it on Facebook Live, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 yeah, the only thing missing in this pixelation is a buffering ball right now. <laughs> And for well, you young kids that are listening, that's what happened before DSL or it, back when it was dial-up internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm doing a couple things really quick. Close a couple windows. I think it, it might help out the screen tonight. I think when I do this, this might help out a little bit more. All right. Okay. I think that might help out. Yeah, you're not pixelating right now. Okay, yeah, because I cut, I, it was like several screens up, and I, I was trying to do a live from two different locations, but I think I think that kind of helped out a lot. All right, now we're going to jump in um, to the topic at hand tonight. I think I lost a lot of people because of my um, live feed, but that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get them back. Like I said, we're going to talk about the, the, the uh, State of the Union address the other night. And I have Matthew Upchurch on the line tonight, and um, yes, I know he's going to give uh, his recap of events tonight. I want want you guys to um, check him out. Do you guys do you or do you have anything like um, like any blogs or anything where people can follow you? Because I know you you're very political, and you have a you have a lot of um, thought provoking uh, posts that I, I see on a regular basis. Do you, or do you have anything in the works, or do you, is there any way people can follow you? 
Um, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, mostly on Facebook. I'm just looking up as Matthew Upchurch. Um, now I usually just uh, tend to uh, host kind of moderated conversations on there, so that's kind of my uh, main out output there source. But uh, yeah, mostly on Facebook. So other than that, we uh, we are starting up a, a dialogue group in Broad Ripple at the Monkey's Tale. That's going to be coming up this next month here. So uh, anybody who wants to join in can uh, contact me about that as well. So yeah, all right. Everybody's so, welcome. Can you tell us, so can you tell us what were your thoughts of the State of the Union address? Like um, from start to finish, tell me like what 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 were some of the uh, key points of President Trump's uh, address that stuck out to you? Like, can you just break that down for us? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, you know, the, the State of the Union address, it definitely has it's had its own life. It's evolved, you know, over the history of the U.S. Um, so it's supposed to be a time for the president to deliver information about the State of the Union, State of the Union to, uh, to Congress, um, you, know, you know, from time to time. And what's really started to become um, over the years, it does deliver information to the people, uh, but more and more so it becomes – uh, an opportunity to give a partisan platform um, and to, of, co- of course, to put forth an agenda, like you want certain certain bills, laws to be passed and certain topics to be covered um, in legislation, but uh, it, it often enough um, turns into more of a, a sounding board for one's own uh, platform. But um, as far as, as, far as uh, Trump's first State of the Union, um, you know, though he had some moments where he said a couple good things that resonated with me, I can agree with. Um, honestly, I felt like there was a lot of uh, kind of fluff and fallacy. You guys, um, you guys had that kind of same experience there, but quite a few uh, fact checkers, um, uh, news organizations, and online outlets uh, went through and kind of picked off a lot of specific details that just weren't quite accurate. Um, but uh, Jr., were, were you? Did you get a chance to watch the State of the Union? Uh, I had bits and pieces. I actually listened to it, but uh, bits and pieces of it. I um, I, I started, you know, following you know the fact checker uh, sites afterwards, you know, but um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I can only uh, you know, they, I I can only take so much of it before I start having an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I knew you have a good uh, good response there, but for sure, yeah. Um, well, he covered he covered a lot of territory with this particular speech, um, and uh, a lot of it did seem pretty opportunistic. Um, so, you know, of course, while the Republican platform is going to be about uh, controlling immigration for the sake of uh, national security as well as for economic reasons. Um, so one of the main themes that's come up in conversation after the fact has been uh, Republican aims to um, uh, kind of break down loopholes, do away with loopholes that led to what's, uh, what has been called um, chain immigration. So, for example, if say, you know someone gets into the country legally, and then uh, he made the assertion that they were bringing in you know their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, their you know great grandchildren with them, 
so so they were purporting that um this is something that has has happened in recent days and of course he's he wants to blame Obama for this and the Democrats. Um uh but in all actuality it's not that it's not that um that open of a border as he likes to call it. Um but what I found really interesting uh not interesting but not shocking even. I can't even be shocked by this guy anymore. But um but uh with with all this conversation, all this conversation uh about the immigration and the chain chain immigration policies, quote unquote. Um well, let me step back a little bit. There, there is a bit of precedent with the State of the Union now, since it's been televised for so many years, that you pick out a handful of special guests and you point them out in the crowd, and you know you use them as a you know as a, uh, a selling point for your policies, or to point out some uh, good act, some good civilian, um, you know, and just kind of glorify their their good deeds and all that, which is, I think is great. But it often it often turns into a again a um, an argument for that a partisan platform. So so going back to the immigration piece, um, one of the things they brought up was they did point out he did point out a a family who had lost um, a couple of teenage children, and he repeatedly referred to uh, MS13 a a gang um, that uh, I guess some have used he'd refer to as certain immigration loopholes to get into the country legally. Um so so this family had lost two of their children and he had this odd way of conflating um MS thirteen, this actual actually it's a, it's a, I had never even heard of them until this speech. Um it's a worldwide uh, uh gang associated with a uh cartel cartel that started in El Salvador. So, yeah, um, MS-13 is uh, the world's largest gang at this point. Yeah. Uh, yep. Based out of El Salvador, their roots uh, um, started actually in California. Uh, yeah. When, yeah. When, during the immigration process, you know, they, they uh, the El, the, there was kind of like a gang war, a civil war at, at much, you know, going on. Uh, between the El Salvadorians, the Mexicans, and what so, and that that was how they had to, what they had to do to survive that, you know. Right. And uh, yeah, right. Yeah. One thing, I, I've got a little bit of expertise with these guys, and uh, one thing I do know about them is they ain't shy. Uh, these guys. Uh, you know, they will be used as propaganda, of course, because they're so well known. Mm-hmm. The right. the thing with them, and I'm sorry to lead off the topic here, but MS, one thing with them, the biggest thing with MS-13 is they, these guys are so vicious. Uh, I can, I I've spoken time and time again about them. Um, there are videos upon videos upon videos that they post of them macheting up people that collaborate with the government, you know, out in Central America and what's so. Basically, the old adage, snitch to get stitches, you know. Uh, they, the things that they do are so vicious that, uh, a, you know, they make al-Qaeda and uh, ISIS and them look like mere Boy Scouts, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, go go on ahead. Yeah, it, 
Okay. Oh, no, I, I just wanted to break break out that point with uh, MS-13. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I guess I need to brush up on my my uh, American gang history, but <laughs> so I mean, of course, yeah. I knew a lot of the names. I mean, El Chapo associated all that. Once I got a chance to dig into it, I just never heard it before. But um, but I guess where I was going with that, um, after your helpful uh, insight there, um, was that he Trump then used. Um, you know, this anecdote, which is a tragic story. I mean, they lost two kids, this family did, you know. Um, just pr- then proceeded to use that for as a propaganda point um, to as a justification for limiting legal immigration, you know. So, um, so again, not to, not to you know, uh, minimize this family story, but he then, he then tended to he, he then talked about the Dreamers, the DACA recipients, which he did, he did note that um, they were looking to create a path to citizenship for 1.8 million uh, DACA uh, uh, recipients. Um, but then went on to use it as an argument to use MS-13 and this story to justify um, limiting um, you know, legal immigration. We in fact, we do know from stats that, that – uh, you know the likelihood of someone who is here um, uh, illegally. Um, uh, they're they're less likely to commit a crime, especially a violent crime, other than you know being here without documentation, uh, than than citizens. Someone who's been born here is here here legally. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's this racialized ethnicity piece that you know he's he's always had from the beginning of this campaign, but um, this piece of Kind of conflating anyone um, of uh, Hispanic background, uh, especially you know, of course, from the, from Mexico, um, but conflating all that and using it to justify uh, limiting legal immigration, um, even though to increase GDP, uh, to improve the economy, we need more people, more workers, etc. Um, that's that's a complicated topic there, but I don't know, just this conflation of you know gang members and legal immigration. I just that that really rubs me the wrong way. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Now let me ask well, you this, um, let me let me ask you this real quick, Matt. Because I, I noticed that piece as well and I noticed that he pointed out everybody else um he pointed out the Hispanics. He he indirectly threw black people under the bus. He he pointed out the the, the Muslims and, 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 and everyone else, but he refused to discuss the true threat to American society, and that's domestic terrorism. He did not one time in his address discuss the issue of domestic terrorism. We have, we've had countless shootings, like, you know, um, the, the church shootings, the, the, the shootings in um, Las Vegas, we're not going to even talk about what happened in Virginia with the alt-right. You know, he did not mm-hmm. even discuss any of this, but it was funny that all that, he rushed over all that, and he failed to talk about, you know, what's going on over here in this country, but it was everyone else that was the culprit. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of yeah. funny that that, that that piece was omitted from, his state of the, uh, of the union address. What do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% with you there. Actually, it was 
hoping to get to that. That was a good segue. I, there, he definitely did fulfill that that kind of unspoken rule that we seem to have here that if you're white or an American citizen, you can't commit acts of terror. <laughs> it's just it's a fundamentally different thing. Um, at least that's how it seems to function, the word terrorism in the U.S. So you either have to be a, you know, someone here is, who's here illegally, you have to be a radical uh, uh, Muslim or just a Muslim who's, you know, visibly of a different uh, culture. Um, but, yeah, that, that is, a, that is a, a glaring omission from his speech there. Um, yeah, I think that's a major problem and a, and a major weakness of the um, of his platform, and I think uh, from the Republican Party for the past um, well, several decades here, um, if not long, longer than that. But, uh, no, I'm with you 100% there. That, that was a huge, huge error there. Can I include that? But not yeah, not I, I, uncharacteristic. Thought that was just very. I mean, you know, as long as that speech was and as quote unquote de- detailed as he was in, in in discussing everything, he didn't even bring up the issue of like you I mean you know the outright we we we, we didn't mm-hmm. discuss that. He didn't discuss the fact that we've had several mass shootings, the school shootings that have taken place in the past couple of weeks. That wasn't. The, Address, you know what I'm saying? Like, why mm-hmm. was it yeah. that? And he barely—I don't even think he even talked about the opioid crisis. You know what I'm saying? You talked about everybody else's community except your own. And I just found that right. to be very—I I, I just thought that that was just very ridiculous and just just very yeah. fun. You know what I'm saying? I yep. think it was just utterly it was just trash. His whole speech was trash. Yep. That's just how. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, um, a lot, yeah. He, he brought up a lot of points that you know are at surface, given service value at service service value at face value. There we go. That's where face was where. Um, some of it was true, but when you get down into the deeper bits of what he's trying to say or what's being said, it's it really doesn't function the way that he says it does. So, like. Um, for example, he wanted to point out that under his administration, African American unemployment rates were the lowest in history. But what he's we're going to get to it. Can, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll let you get to that then. Yeah. So yeah, just a lot of that. Um, uh, just a lot of that he's a lot of information missing when he said his speech there. So yeah, I, I I do agree. It was kind of a, some garbage points there. Absolutely. I'll let you take that part. Well, you know, they, right. there's uh, if 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 I can jump in real quick, uh, you know, one one of the things uh, that he he he's really good at doing, and this is one of the things that to me is kind of like scratching a chalkboard. Um, you know, it, it, it's a sales pitch. We're talking about a business guy, so he's throwing. His State of the Union is basically a sales pitch for what he believes. There's just enough truth in everything that he's saying to, but there's just enough truth to where they can say it. Well, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, very bland, without making it a fact. Okay. Right. So what? Like for example, him taking uh, credit for the markets being at where they are. Okay. The markets are where they are because businesses are seeing him as a business guy. They're investing more. But any budgets 
and laws passed normally take between six to eight years to take effect. So by definition of that, right now we're reaping the Obama administration's laws that were passed. You know, it's it's something that it's, you know, we're in a very – in a very um, business-friendly market, but his his portion of tax reform, we're not going to see till he's probably out of office how it's going to affect. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's uh, I I don't know I, I I and as y'all were saying, y'all the the backhanded the failed acknowledgments. He he's a pitch man. He is not gonna. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to bite the hand that fed him. It wasn't minorities that put him in office. You know, he's not going to single out the very people that have put him in office. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you—you you had a couple delusional, you know, which that—that's a conversation I will get into it in a minute. You—you you had a couple delusional minorities. You know what I'm saying? And my thing is too. And, and and I'm gonna go here because uh, you had some uh, Latino people. There was a lot of them that voted for Trump. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And now he's sitting up here throwing mm-hmm. them under the bus. Like you know what I'm saying? Like and now they're getting to the point to where they're about to cut off aid to Puerto Rico. Uh, was about to cut off aid to Puerto Rico and stuff like that. They the yep. way they handled that situation, it was just it was just. Appalling! It was really appalling how they handled that situation. Now he's about to cut off foreign—I mean, cut off aid to these people. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he's the same people. A lot of these people, not all of them, but a lot of people voted from him. And and it's just—I always found that very ironic and just 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 kind of puzzling because how would you? This guy ran this whole campaign of, about you know uh, building a wall. You know, building that wall and, and de- deportation and all that stuff, and these people still uh, voted for him. You know what I'm saying? So it's, mm-hmm. it's just really ugly. So I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that, but you know what I'm saying? I don't feel sorry. I mean, a lot of the stuff that's going on, I feel sorry for some of these groups, but then again, you voted your oppressor in. You have to deal with. It. You don't have to own up. Own up to your stuff and deal with it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you can't come here. You voted him in. You voted your oppressor, and now you look. You're looking to the black community. You're looking to to everyone else to help you out. No, you have to deal with your consequences. You have to. Absolutely, so read for yourself. Absolutely, read for yourself. You know, you know, I and didn't and didn't want to vote. You have to deal with these consequences. Like, um, there's something else I want to say, and I'm going to let you guys continue. Um, he was talking about these, these judges, and um, circuit court judges and, like, uh, Supreme Court, you know, judges he, want, he wants to get in. Like, these people, he wants to revert back. It's almost like he wants to revert back to the Jim Crow days. Like, he, he, he really wants to take a set us back 50, 60 years. Like, you know, it's, it's – I, I, I'm very, very concerned and just very worried about the direction that this country is going. Like, if he gets some of these, like, uh, 
judges sworn in and stuff like that, man, it's going to be a wrap for a lot of people. Like, you know, our, our way of life is going to change. They're going to be passing legislation, letting things get through. That's going to impact a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for years, absolutely. Yeah, uh, just, just on a point you were, you touched on for a second there, um, I, especially with, you know, different groups who voted for Trump, um, you're talking about reaping what you sow. Um, you know, I, I had, I gained a lot of respect, uh, for Van Jones after the election. Um, I don't know uh, if you guys follow him too much, but, um, but he did a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, uh, talk back sessions, a lot of, um, you know, kind of investigative reporting, asking what led people to vote for Trump and getting their, their real stories in their homes. And a lot of them were just, uh, a lot of people, who just seemed quite ironic Trump supporters. A lot of them just were, uh, you know, disenchanted with what our two party system had done, uh, both economically and for jobs um, for a long time here. And since neither party had come up with solutions, Trump coming in <laughs> like a whirlwind, uh, you know, claiming to have the power to change all these things and bring coal back and bring all these jobs back. You know, that's, that's an attractive message when you're talking about, you know, quote unquote, drain the swamp. Though I think he's just, he. I often think that he uh, drained the swamp and then filled it with what was left at the bottom. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, and no, I think a lot of people they just you know, the system has been failing has been failing us for a while, without any viable options from either party. And I think that kind of kind of is why people are still buying that message. Though I don't think they'll they're going to see that much longer, uh, especially with like the tax bill, tax law changes, and all that, and. Um, just um, a lot of a lot of plants, a lot of businesses that are actually still closing down and laying people off in spite of all these promises. But it's uh, but yeah, you're talking about um, so you're talking about uh, the court appointments. Um, there was another point that he made that I didn't. Ca- I watched this a couple times. The the address um, just to really dive into it. I didn't catch it the first time, but the um, and on the second watch I caught this. He made a statement. Um, he, he was talking about, uh, you know, bad employees working, especially in VA hospitals and in and, and VA healthcare, um, and saying that he had his administration, after changing some policies, had uh, fired somewhere in the way of like 1,500 VA employees for not giving proper care to uh, to veterans and their families, um, and he quickly turned that. Um, and this kind of this is eerie to me. Uh, he quickly turned that into a an appeal to Congress to give um, every cabinet secretary the power to remove workers from their jobs who quote unquote or well not I don't I have to paraphrase it but those who are not uh, working towards the um, uh, uh, the good of the citizens. So it was so vaguely worded that it was kind of strange. I didn't. I don't know if a lot of people caught that. But what he was suggesting was this: he was suggesting that uh, cabinet secretaries, people that that the president appoints, would then have the ability to fire people for not doing a job that they saw that they saw uh, as being good enough for them. So, so for example, we've had we've seen a huge um, uh, reaction against. Um, uh, measures to prevent climate change and um, you know uh, carbon emissions and all that. 
Um, so one of the things that I, I kind of discussed with a friend of mine this this week was that the way he was wearing that was that we'd be giving unprecedented power to presidential appointments to just fire people if the job they were doing uh, in their roles, even if their job descriptions, they could be fired for doing something that didn't fit into their party's platform. So I don't know if you guys caught that statement in the middle there, but I I thought that was an unprecedented amount of power to give and appoint uh, some of the, the president appoints. Did you happen to catch that or see any any conversations about that this week? No, I did not. Uh, so basically, what you're saying it's it's uh, a government version of a right to work law, where they can just fire at will. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's to make basically a federal at will uh, policy, um, but that would be granted to them, granted to this the cabinet appointments themselves. So you could completely eliminate from government positions um, anyone who does not uh, fall in line with your platform potentially <laughs> without any justification for having done so. And I don't know, be, be, between, between the uh, tremendous amount of gerry- gerrymandering that's been done uh, combined with you – know, I mean, we just have Republicans there right now, um, though I think that's changing at the moment um, – if we gave cabinet cabinet appointments the power to fire workers based on such a vague thing, then we could have quite a dictatorial regime <laughs> built very quickly. Sure. That much power. Yeah. 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 So that concerns me because everyone because th- there was so much clapping. You know, the party stands and claps for you know the points that they've rehearsed to stand and clap for. But th- there was so much clapping at that point that that really concerned me. <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm concerned about the state of democracy at that point. Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. I want to take a quick break, real quick. Let me let me jump in here, really quick, guys. I want you guys to um, know out here, um, people that are listening listening live, you can call in at six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. I want to know what were your thoughts about the State of the Union address? Like, I know a lot of people were like saying, well, I'm boycotting the State of the Union address. Like, I said, you know what? You guys really sound very foolish. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you are just absolutely wrong. Like, why would you boycott something? Like, you need to be aware of what's going on around you. Like, you know, in order to to defeat any enemy, you need to know what's going on. Like, and I think some of you guys are um, – very misinformed because you want to just, you know, um, hide your heads in the sand and just, you know, you, you can't defeat the enemy like this. You need to know what's going on in this country because with that with that uh, string of logic, like some of y'all be sitting around here, you know, like this dude could literally get slavery passed, like back through a, a weed, I mean, segregation passed, and y'all be caught off guard and stuff like that. You wouldn't even know what, what didn't hit you because, you guys are so um, removed from the political process. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to get into politics. I don't even want to know about it. You need to know what's going on. If you don't want to know, you know, know what's going on nationally, you need to know what's going on locally. You know, this, this whole phenomenon of people just, like, hiding their heads in the sand, that we, that's not going to work. There's too much going on at this point, and we all need to be informed about what's going on. So, 
Um, if you guys want to call in, once again, the number is 646-915-8200. I want you guys to tell me, like, what, what stood out in the State of the Union address? Like, I, I need to know, you know, what you guys felt about a lot of stuff. Um, I want to jump to an article really quick. I need to uh, kind of move things along pretty quick because we still got a lot to discuss. I want to talk about uh, some of the statements that Trump made during, you know, throughout his address. And I, I know there were a lot of people fact-checking some of the things that he, he, he has said. Like I know the Associated Press had um, an article out. Um, there were several uh, news entities that looked into some of the the statements that he made, and, you know, there were more mistruths than, you know, actual factual information. And I just wanted to take uh, a moment to read this article. Um, It's from Vox.com, and it's entitled Seven Big Fact Checks That Trump's State of the Union, of, of Trump's State of the Union. From healthcare to immigration, Trump's main claims of success were misleading. So um, this article was written by uh, someone on their staff, and, I, and it came out January uh, 30th. And I think that was the night where he, he actually did the State of the Union address. So someone pretty much clocked him that night. Um, the article reads, uh, while it's true his administration has focused um, has had serious influence on the nation's culture, regulatory policy, and legislative priorities. Trump took sweeping credit for massive improvements in the nation's health care system, economy, and foreign affairs. That's what we were just discussing. Many of these claims were misleading, involved serious omissions, and were downright false. Now, um, this is the first one that they um, brought up. Number one, Trump tried to take credit for black unemployment. This is what I was telling you guys about earlier. Uh, and, and when he, and during the speech, I was like, man, something does not sound right about this. Like, I, I was fact-checking my, checking myself during the speech, and this is one of the things that I, I fact-checked. So this article states, Trump cited a statistic he was, quote, unquote, very proud of in his State of the Union speech Tuesday. African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. But as Vox Matthew Yeagles pointed out, a simple eyeball of the African-American unemployment rate makes it clear that Trump had nothing to do with this trend. The African-American unemployment rate has been on a decline since 2011. So that's been seven years in the making long before Trump was even in the White House. Trump may be proud of this statistic, but African-American lawmakers were less enthusiastic about Trump's claim to Roughly 49 African-American representatives and senators boycotted the State of the Union. After a year in which Trump immediately denounced white it started among many other instances of racism. Those who innocent said that the point of their race 
in the state. CB Chair Representative Cedric Richmond um, said in a news conference on Tuesday, adding that Trump has made the country less safe for people of color. And that was the thing that stood out to me because, like, how are you taking credit for African-American unemployment, what have you done, like, specifically? Like, what, what legislation did you pass that would, would help that? I mean, that's the arrogance of you to think that you, you had some type of dealings with that. Like, you know, especially, like, when this article said, I said, man, this doesn't sound right because this is the same man that would not come out against the, the alt-right in, um, you know, in, in some of the white supremacist groups in this country. Like, he would not speak against it. So how are you going to take even think that you should take credit for something like that. That's, that's just that's really arrogant and that's really pompous. You know, like that's just really just outright disrespectful that this this clown takes credit for something that he had nothing to do with. So that was um, number one. Another uh, mistruth that 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 they called out was Trump's claim about repealing Obamacare. Um, Obamacare is an individual mandate um, that was a, a major omission, according to them. Quote, we eliminate, eliminated an especially cruel tax that fell mostly on Americans making less than $50,000 a year, forcing them to pay tremendous penalties simply because they could not afford government-ordered health plans, Trump said in um, the House chamber during his speech. We repealed the core disastrous Obamacare. The individual mandate is now gone. Now, Trump is right on surface, of course. The mandate is gone, and it was originally considered core to the Affordable Care Act, but these days most experts largely believe that the tax penalty for not having insurance was actually too low to have the desired effect, even as Trump cites it's tremendous nature and um, that the law markets will survive. It's imper- imperfectly without it. So that was another one. Uh, I'm going to skip on down here um, this next one. And I brought this up a little while ago about the opioid crisis. Um, Trump said that his administration is committed to fighting the opioid crisis in reality, they haven't done much. So they, they called that out. Um, if you listen to his words about the opioid epidemic, he seems to understand it's an emergency. Yet in the past year, there has been no move by the Trump administration to actually spend money on the opioid crisis. Key positions in the administration remain unfilled, even without nominees in the case of the White House Drug Czar Office and the Drug Enforcement Administration. Although um, Trump's emergency declaration was renewed this month, it has led to essentially no action since it was first signed. No significant new resources, no major new initiatives. So that was another one. Number four, Trump abandoned his promise to bring down drug prices prescription drug prices. He stated, one of my greatest priorities to reduce the price of prescription drugs um, in many other countries, these drugs cost far less 
than what we pay in the United States, Trump said. That is why I have directed the administration to make fixing the injustices injustices of high drug prices one of our top, top priorities. Prices will c- come down. But one year into Trump's presidency, he has more or less abandoned his outspoken pledges to bring down the cost of American medicine, the highest in the world. And I'm pretty sure those of you that are taking prescription medications or you have parents that are um, that have prescription medications, you, you can pretty much vouch for this. Like these, these prescription drug prices are outrageous. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Under Trump's drug companies, under Trump, drug companies have undertaken a concerted campaign to shift the discussion about drug prices to a conversation about out-of-pocket costs in which health insurers and pharmacy benefit managers are under the microscope. The company's campaign appears to have borne fruit judging by regulatory changes being pursued by Trump administration on Medicare. Trump has also filed, um, has also filled the executive branch with officials closely tied to the drug industry. His new pick to lead the Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, was most recently a top executive at Eli Lilly. So, yeah. Um, And then it just goes on and calls him out on um, Trump taking credit for defeating ISIS. Um, He pretty much didn't deserve that. And then another thing they called out was Trump repeats untruths about the nation immigration system. And this is what we were talking about a little while ago. Um, He's been making speeches about the need to protect Americans from nefarious immigrants for this entire extremely brief political career. He has never been terribly close, closely fettered to the facts on the issue. His first state of the, of the union was no exception. Um, Trump spent most of the immigration section of, section of his speech talking and attacking the uh, Salvadorian American street gang MS-13 and claiming bizarrely that um, with absolutely no substration that his administration has put, quote-unquote, thousands and thousands thousands of MS-13 members in prison or on deportation uh, flights. Now, there is no data to support this claim. In general, numbers of immigration and custom enforcement arrests of convicted criminals in the interior of the U.S. are comparable to past years through the arrests of non-criminals rose sharply from the final years of the Obama administration. So there, there we go again, more contradictions on what he uh, pretty much said. And I'm going to skip on down here to uh, what he said about the DACA program. Um, his attempts to show compassion were equal, equal, equally innumerable. Trump bragged that his White House asked the Congress to create a path to citizenship for three times as many immigrants, um, 1.8 million to be exact, as President Obama did. Obama, of course, supported a plan to um, legalize most of the 11 million 
unauthorized immigrants in the United States. In the DACA program to which Trump appears to be referring to, which protected 690,000 immigrants, had no path to citizenship. When it came to legal immigration, Trump's failings were qualitative. He claimed falsely again that immigrants selected in the visa lottery were randomly given green cards with no thought to security. When in fact, now this is the contradiction, when in fact after being selected in the lottery, immigrants were vetted just as much as any other immigrant to the U.S. And he repeated a fantasy about immigrants bringing nearly, quote-unquote, unlimited numbers of distant relatives to the U.S. via chain migration, a fantasy that led many Republicans to call for the ban on sponsoring grandparents, uncles, aunts, and cousins, none of whom whom could be sponsored under the, the existing law either. So pretty much he was, you know, Using fear mongering and you know and, 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 and just just putting out false claims. And um this last one is um about the war on coal, which I really don't care about, but I mean it was just so many contradictions in his address. And there there's several websites and ver- um several news entities, like I said, the AP, I know NSB um MSNBC um did something about it. It was just many people calling out a lot of his lies and stuff like that. So did you guys have anything else that you wanted to add to the discussion before we move on about the State of the Union address? Okay, I finally uh was able to log in. Okay. I, I had a lot of I had a lot of issues with the State of the Union. My biggest pet peeve, and it made me turn it off, was I get that, you know, every president chooses families or people to highlight during their State of the Union address, and and that's fine. My thing was the people that he chose to highlight for the State of the Union all went towards his bigger plan of, highlighting his views on illegal aliens or, I mean, illegal immigrants or, um, or uh, South, I mean, North Korea and the pain in these people's faces. I I would really like to find out how they chose these people and what did they gain by being exploited like that? Because I felt like their pain was being exploited. Those people looked like they were reliving the most horrific event they've ever experienced in their life. They just looked like they were reliving it, and the pain was so fresh. And and that's that's something that I gathered. I I really gathered that from the State of the Union address. It's just like these people's stories that he was telling, it was just like, like these people, it was just so opportunistic. I felt like, you know, what I'm saying, I, I kind of felt that. I mean, these people just—I I don't know. It—it—it it, it just seemed like these people were like so downtrodden to where like anybody could just come in and exploit their story and just exploit them in general. Like it—it it, just—it just didn't seem right. Like the one up. guy, 
the one guy that got hired on as a welder, I was like, yeah. I'm sure that this man, I'm sure that that business owner hired a lot of people that were without work or whatever. But this particular right. person that he highlighted went towards his next statement, which was the African-American unemployment rate is at an all-time low. It's like he mm-hmm. chose these people. It's like, wow, look at the little poor black guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. Token examples. Yeah, it was like, Token it was example. just. Perfect. That's a perfect, yeah, that's that's a good term. Yeah. yeah. It was like those people were exploited, and I felt so bad for them. Because the one mother whose son got brought back from uh, North Korea, who eventually died, it was like she was burying her child all over again. Right. Like she was just, she couldn't get it together. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I had to turn off from that because I was just getting angry by the moment. I was like, I really could care less what this man has to say now because these people, you take the most horrific thing that they could go through and you use it as a talking point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, you, know, you know what? I'm just going to throw this out there. And it, it, it's going to sound crazy. But it, you know, I'm—I mean, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Has anybody, it, based on what we saw with the State of the Union, right? Has anybody started to give any thought that Trump is nothing more than a spokesperson for what Mike Pence may be pushing? Right. Yep. Are you say that again? Has anybody given any thought that Trump ain't nothing more than a spokesperson, a figurehead for what Mike Pence is really pushing behind the scenes? Here's the thing. I said that. He is the only – I have went through and researched because before I made the statement, I wanted to make sure. This is the most quietest vice president I have seen in my history of presidents. Right, mm-hmm. and, and, and those this of man us who remember him nothing. as a, a when we oh, those of us from Indiana remember him as a governor, he was anything oh, yeah. but quiet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I said, usually they talk to the vice president for little trivial meetings. They don't even have meetings with this man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You've seen my, Joe Biden my, everywhere. Wherever the president could go, Joe went. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. My theory, my theory is this. I think I think you're spot on with that. Um, although I do think it's kind of a combination of Mike Pence in the background combined with Steve Bannon. <laughs> so put those two yeah, together. And yeah. I think that's who's really pulling pulling the strings. But because um, you'll notice that he was he, Bannon lost his position there, and yet he was still down in Alabama. During that that special election, so he's he's still in there, even though he's not technically in the White House. But yeah, so between between Pence and Bannon, I think that's uh, really who's who's informing the agenda. But my 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 theory of that is that with the Republican Party, um, because I mean, really, in terms of a culture war, 
the Democrats are winning because the, the culture is becoming more and more progressive, more liberal, if you will, the, the way, at least the way we call, say liberal these days. So the, the, the culture is becoming uh, more progressive. So, so the Republicans have an uphill battle when it comes to convincing people to come over to their side. So I think what they're doing is they're allowing him, allowing Trump to be the mouthpiece for the agenda for the party. And they know he's going to be, you know, this whirlwind kind of disaster, and it's probably going to end pretty, pretty ugly uh, at some point. Um, so then, once once Trump is out of office, Pence being the quiet, reserved, you know, Christian uh, example, right. you know, par excellence, then he comes in and he just looks, you know, squeaky clean, even though he would have done all the exact same things but he would have done it in a more polished manner. So I think it's one of those things where, uh, what's her name, Naomi Klein, um, she talks about the shock doctrine. So something crazy happens, like, say, Puerto Rico and the hurricanes, the hurricane hasn't come through, and then you come through and you, while everybody's distracted by the disaster, you come in and clean up and, you know, enforce your agenda that nobody would have approved if they, you know, in any other normal circumstance. So I think that's right. what they're doing with Trump. Trump is kind of a huge distraction while Pence swoops on in and continues to do the exact same thing, but with a nicer face and nicer smile. <laughs> well, so it, 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 Seneca remembers whenever, whenever the primaries were going on, I, you know, he asked me in one of the shows, it, it's in the, in the dialogue somewhere, uh, you know, the history of the show somewhere. He asked me, he goes, what do you think about Trump? And I said, there is no way, I'm calling it right now, that there is no way that Donald Trump is going to get the Republican nomination for the presidency of the United States. And, he, and I, I made the comparison that he reminded me of a Republican version of Howard Dean, you know? Yeah. And what he... What, what I failed to account for was that he was playing on the emotions. He, he ran a spaghetti campaign, and he's been riding this gravy train, playing on the emotions, especially the hatred that uh, a lot of people had towards the Obama administration. Now, with all that said, I'm going to say this. Me, I'm an independent, you know, but... I'm, I am a true independent, and for the very first time, I ended up voting, you know, for, I ended up vote, I would have voted against Trump except that the one person that I could not stand more than Donald Trump happens to be Hillary Clinton. So I ended up voting for, uh, 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 oh gosh. I I, I I I voted third party. What was his name? The governor from, from New Mexico. Um, oh my gosh! Why okay. can't I not remember his name now? <laughs> uh, a, uh, a libertarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 guy from New Mexico that ended up running. Um, but that that that's who that's who I ended up voting for. You know, because mm-hmm. neither party showed me anything. Trump was playing on emotions of race, and well, Hillary Clinton was just that. You know, uh, she was yeah. Hillary. Uh, she ran mm-hmm. such but a bland uh, campaign. At, it, it, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, to jump in, and, and, and I'm with you on that. 
And like I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the realization, and I, and I know, um, there's countless um uh, people that are coming to the realization now that, uh, pretty much both parties of the make the major parties, Democrat and Republican, it, it's it's the same. I mean, it's the same jacked up. It's, I mean, either side is jacked up. Like it's it's two sides of the same effed up coin. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. You know, it's just like picking poison. Like it's 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 just like picking the lesser of two evils. That's just that's just what it is at this point. Let me read this comment in the chat room really quick. Somebody made a comment. Um, they were wanting to to ask, did anyone catch the the sentence in the um, State of the Union speech where it said that Americans are dreamers too? That was clearly oh, yeah. targeted to white supremacists and nationalists. White nationalists, yeah. supremacists, etc., were rejoicing. So I didn't know what you guys thought about this. And I want to throw this in too. Um, there, there's some of these dreamers now that have contempt for uh, black society too. Like some of them, not now. Some of them aren't aligning themselves with system of white supremacy, but there are some, um, I'm trying to think of that one chick that made a speech, was it at the Grammys or something? I can't think of her name, but uh, she's been known to say a lot of racist stuff in the past. They pulled up a lot of her tweets and stuff like that. She she was a part of this, this girl group or whatever, but I've been seeing a lot of people uh, come out against her and uh, pretty much saying that Dreamers built this country and stuff like that. And she's pretty much aligning herself along with some of these, you know, some some of them are aligning themselves with the alt-right and white supremacy. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just like mm-hmm. this, this administration has bought out, it's brought out the true colors in a lot of people. Like, um, and like I said, white supremacy does not necessarily mean it has to be a white person because you have black white supremacists, you have Hispanic white sure. supremacists, and of course sure. you have white white supremacists. Because you have you have white people that don't stand for that. And if these a lot of the white people they know that the people that uh that are white supremacists and people that are on the all right, they they will turn on them as well. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they want to keep the establishment where it is. They don't want to see um mm-hmm. Power struggle. I can't speak. The power structure shit in society. So there's a lot of people, even white people, like well, it's because the white, all white people aren't white supremacists. You know what I'm saying? It's just a small percentage of them that are um, dominating society, and they're ruining it, ruining it for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So we have to really look at these things for what it is. You know. So I didn't know what. What, what would you? By, by the way, Gary Johnson, that's who I voted for. Yeah. I just remembered. <laughs> um, so, like, for me, I really think that we need to really just get ready to sit back and watch the pendulum, like, go in full swing. Because I believe that this this is going to be, and it's almost the worst time for it to happen during election time. But it's going to be a knee-jerk reaction, just mm-hmm. like it was 
just like it was when Trump ran against, you know, running for Obama. It was a knee-jerk reaction, just like it was. I mean, I I even say it was a knee-jerk reaction when Obama ran because I'm one of the few people that's African-American that will stand and say, I am proud to say that we had an African-American president. I'm glad to say that me and my kids have seen that in our lifetime. I'm grateful for it. But, but, but can you really say outside of the economy and some of the, you know, some of the things, yeah, he did a lot of stuff, but can you pinpoint one or two things in his eight years that he done that positively affected the African-American community? So, exactly. So, (laughs) I say this. (laughs) A politician is a politician is a politician. They They run a sermon just like preachers do every Sunday morning. That's right. they, they give you a good, they give you a good word, get your height, get you all running and sweating and carrying on, and you all excited, then fell out twice and rolled through the pews a couple times, and then you go right back out and get high and slap your neighbor. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But you know, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good, that's a good um, analogy because, like you said, like after we we get get over the hype of having the first black president and and this, that, and the other. Like, you know, it's just like when you go to a service, like, you know, you run around and you you, you do jumping jacks and you do cartwheels <laughs> down the aisle and then you empty out your bank account and then you leave the service and like, what substance did you get? You can't even tell me what the message was about. And that's the same thing with Obama. Okay, we got hype over him being the first black president, but um, like, what what did you do for us specifically? Because I can at least name three or four groups of people that benefited specifically off of his legislation and also um, um, from his administration, like the things that he passed through his administration. I can't name one mm-hmm. thing that was specifically done for African-American people, and we came out in record numbers to support him both terms. So this is the thing. I think this is why a lot of African-Americans stayed home this time, and I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but I think that a lot of people are starting starting to see that the Democratic Party doesn't mean us any good. And I'm not saying to run over to the Republican Party because they don't either. But my thing is, is like we need to start leveraging our vote. We we need to start, um, hey, coming out here. I said, if you want our vote, we want to see specific legislation that's going to be aimed at um, – that's going to be aimed at the empowerment and the advancement of our group of people. Every other group does it, so why can't we? You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to go, you, you have to just be real about it. You know what I'm saying? You can't just get somebody to vote and they don't, you don't hear from them for the next four years. That's, that's the same thing that goes on in local politics, too. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, I may, if I may jump in real quick, uh, you know, he, uh, of course, like you were saying, you know, uh, what has he done for the African-American community? It also did not help that the front runner during the uh, uh, Democratic primary in Bernie Sanders was 
told to step down by the Democratic Party so Hillary could become the, the you know, become the uh, nominee. Uh, you right. know, uh, how can you believe in the process if the person that's leading and probably could have been president right now, uh, running against Trump, gets told, "Nah, you, you, we don't think so. We, we owe it to her. We're gonna put her up there." You know, it, it, they, the Democrats handed it to the Republicans. The, the, the Republicans offered somebody new, somebody outside of politics. Somebody that and that was fresh. Whereas with the Democrats, same old stuff. You know, hey, look, we had Bush, Clinton, Bush, you know, Obama. That, that, hey, did we really want another Clinton in office? No. Right. No, it would have been great to see a woman in office. It really would have. Do I like Hillary Clinton? No. But, hell, you could have picked anybody else to run and they probably would have done better. You know? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, this, I'm this sorry. Whole, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's 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 definitely going to be a, a knee jerk reaction, but we have to look for the young vote. Yeah. This is what's going to make or break everything governmental, from the state to the to the White House, the young vote, the millennial vote, because they are so. I wouldn't necessarily like want to say like pro life because that's that's a whole other topic, but they are so for just a blanket, you know, universal way of living where there's really kind of no rules, no, you know, what I'm saying no labels, no stigma, no nothing. Right. Right. And and so and they're not one to be told what to do. So I believe that that's, those are the people, the next person that comes in, I really like that Kennedy guy from the rebuttal remarks from the State of the Union. I had never seen him, never heard about him, but I really liked him. I, you know, no, I liked what he was saying, but. His, his presence was even good. I was like, oh, he's a for real Kennedy, for real. Like, it, you he, know he, he is, right? You know who he is, huh? right? That's the, yeah. that's the grandson of Robert of F. Kennedy, yeah. And they oh, said so he, he is an actual yeah. Kennedy. He's not one of these jailbird Kennedys. Oh, no, he's yeah. a Kennedy. Yeah, he's not one of these Kennedys that pulls out the Kennedy name as soon as he gets in trouble with the law. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like some teams, like some, like just like some corrupt teams. Those, those, yeah. those coonish, some coonish teams. I'm not gonna go there tonight. We're not gonna do that because I, I, I'm not going. Because I'm telling you, there's, there's some of them teams, boy. Y'all try to hold on to the legacy of Martin Luther King, but y'all some of the biggest crooks and coons out there and sellouts. I'm telling you, um, and it's so they so bad to where. The only one that has stood strong but literally got beat down was his daughter. Yeah. They came in and just pretty much pushed her outside and was like, we don't even know you. But we're going to take our father's legacy and we're going to make money off of it. Yep. 
Let's sell out his writings. Let's sell out his, you know, articles. Let's sell everything. And she's like, so and we're Al not Vita, keeping up there? Alvita's one of them that's horrible. Alvita gets on there. She 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 denies that racism exists. She she wants to say it's all the black community's fault and this, that, and the other. She be on Fox News all the time. And I'm telling you, it's yep. disgusting how uh, she has tainted this man's legacy. Like, it's just despicable. But, you know, like I said, that's why I said, man, you can't get caught up in a name all the time because you don't know where these people are coming from. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to, you yep. can't get caught up in a name. You can't get caught You have to know where these people stand and on these issues because there's a lot of people that are opportunists out here and they will ride the coattail in the legacy of someone else in order to uh, get their own agenda across. You know, I'm a strong believer in that. So yeah. I want to add so Go ahead. Uh, I w- well, I want to hear what you have to say, but I wanted to ask y'all, did y'all hear about, I, I, I'm kind of trying to segue into uh, some other topics, but I wanted to ask y'all, did y'all hear about the rumor about Melania and, and Donald Trump, like, they, the marriage is kind of on the rocks right now because they said that he allegedly has been stepping out on her with this porn star by the name of, let me get her name right, um, Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. Yeah. Yep. Y'all hear about that? Yep. Yep. Yeah, this, so, uh, this so here's my thing with that. I, I'm, I'm on the fence about it. Because I think Stormy Daniels has kind of taken this opportunity and ran with it. I I, I was watching the beauty the other day, and I kind of went with um, like what Whoopi Goldberg said. I believe it happened. I believe she was paid, and I believe that there's a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Oh yeah, single man because even though she's doing this big PR run, she's not saying anything. But yet she is yeah. saying anything. You know, Jimmy Kimmel asked just like, so if there was a non-disclosure agreement, would you be able to tell me? She was like, uh, maybe. I'm like, ooh, you are playing. And you know that Melania is sitting here watching the news, and she is getting angered by the moment. She wants to cut your throat because now you are taking her husband and just running him all over the chitlin circuit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, and nobody I, I, I saw can say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the thing with Kimmel, and uh, he actually had pointed out that the signed agreement that came out of the White House, like this the signed statement that came out of the White House, rather, the signatures didn't match, so it wasn't her signature yeah. on, that, on that statement. I thought that was pretty interesting. But something I noticed in the actual State of the Union address itself, uh, well, a couple of things. One, uh, and I, you know, I don't like you know, the whole celebrity gossip kind of stuff, but I think it's important in this case. Um, so she did arrive separately. I think Seneca pointed that out earlier. So she arrived on her own. She looked pretty mad, two parts of it. And then I went through and I looked at the manuscripts for um, uh, previous – State of the Union addresses from other presidents. And usually you address the Congress, you address you know, the Speaker, et cetera, and your fellow Americans. Well, uh, this is the only State of the Union address I've seen 
where the first lady was addressed formally in that opening sentence. So that, that was interesting. And then when he was pointing out, um, I think her name was Ashley. She was the first um, hand-picked guest up in the balcony. Um, pointing at uh-huh. Ashley, I think she's a first responder in Houston. He said he he pointed out. He said Ashley is up there in the balcony with Melania. <laughs> so she was nowhere near her. But I noticed at the very beginning he multiple times was pointing her out, and I, it occurred to me. I wonder if he was trying to say, "Look, my wife is here." Uh, and hey, honey, I'm looking at you and saying hello. You're important. <laughs> so that was a little, little thought I had about that. Yeah, uh, like that their relationship is weird. Like it's it's weird. Like they don't embrace. They don't. I mean, I'm not a big fan of PDA anyway. But I mean, there's nothing there. Yeah, it's yeah. like well, two old people. It's like a I Love Lucy episode. Like it is twin beds <laughs> in separate rooms. Like yeah. there's nothing there. And then where was the kid? I've never yeah. seen. I've never seen a state of the union where the kids weren't there. Right, right. I'll tell you that family dynamic. I I would hate to see what I I, I don't want to know what the family dynamic is. Like it's probably so much dysfunction. And so, so there's some inbreeding going in on in there. There's some inbreeding stuff going on. Mama Rose was about to put that tea out on that family too when she get that book out. Miss Miss Kuna Rosa, yeah, she. Oh I, Lord. Oh my God, dear God in heaven. Like I, I feel that there's gonna be some stuff that hits the fan, and she better hope that somebody don't come in an unmarked car. And snatch her butt up <laughs> and throw her in the bottom of the river someplace. Because I tell you, it's probably some secrets that I I don't want to know even within that family because they they were just they were hinting that at one point they were hinting that there was he, didn't they say something about him having an inappropriate relationship with his daughter or something at one point too? Like uh, like they used to they used to show they used to like they just posted some pictures like a couple months ago when that uh that uh, person the congressperson in Arkansas or whatever was um alleged you know uh being a, a pedophile or whatever they they showed a picture of Trump and uh. Ivanka, I mean, not Ivanka, Ivanka, whatever the daughter name is, um, they showed a picture of him and her together. You know, she was, like, sitting on his lap or whatever. And I was like, because, you know, I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. No little girl should ever sit on a grown man's lap. I don't care if it's your father. I don't care if it's your uncle. I don't care if it's your brother. You, No little girl should sit on a grown man's lap. I'm sorry. I will slap fire out of mine if you sit on a grown man's lap. Well, he's, he said some pretty creepy things, too. I, I can't remember if he was on The View or what it was, but he, he said something to the effect of, have you seen her body? Like, if she were my daughter, I'd date her. Like, he said some pretty creepy things about, about Ivanka. Yeah. Um, and he's known in the family – she's known in the family to be the favorite kid, you know. So it's, it's just a really weird thing. And I do think with as many marriages as they've had, there is an economic class family dynamic difference, too. Um, I mean, th- I think a lot of time with wealthier families, you do see more of that arrangement tradition um, uh, than you do in, you know, more middle, upper class and lo- you know, lower income families. So there's a thing, there's a dynamic where you're trying to keep what the family has safe because when you're when you're wealthy, 
who wants what you have? Everybody. So I think there's a different kind of dynamic there in that kind of in that world, in that echelon of society. So I think there's a different family dynamic too, where it's not necessarily about this, you know, more romantic era uh, style marriage, you know. So I think that's part of it too. But there's something really weird and psychologically odd <laughs> going on there. So. But. Yeah, that 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 whole family's just. I'll be glad when it's over. I I don't see right. if he gets a second term, everybody that went into a polling place needs to have a lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, they just all they just all need to have their heads reevaluated because I I don't see this man getting a second term. And I saw something today that really made me, I I was really excited. And I'm waiting for it to happen, and it's going to happen before they kick her off the show. Whoopi Goldberg is going to light into Meghan McCain something fierce on the air. I'm waiting for it to happen. It is going to happen. But she's going to rip off into her something fierce, and they, they ain't going to be able to go to commercial fast enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to get the delay button. My better go on here. And, and, Honey, that delay button I, ain't going to happen fast. <laughs> because be today they... I know to get off topic, I'll tell you what, today they were talking about uh, Kathy Griffin coming back and, you know, revamping her career after the debacle of her beheading our president or whatever. I, people got too panty-tied about that, but whatever. Um, it was wrong. It was distasteful, and that's great. She admitted to it. She apologized for it. Move on, people. Right. Get over it. Um, but the the question was asked, like, if Kathy Griffin was able to come back and, you know, relaunch her career, would you support her? Little Miss Self-Righteous said, I would never, I would never support her. I believe that what she did was distasteful. It was disrespectful. And I was just never, I don't care if she does. I enjoyed her her movies or, or her comedy beforehand. But now after all of that, I will just never support her. Blah, 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 blah. She went on this whole big tangent. And Whoopi Goldberg just kind of hit her with something that is known for us to say is, but for the grace of God, there go I, which means if I wasn't, you know, that could have been me on that end of the the deal. You know, I'm subject to step off in a pile of crap and make a huge mistake and regret it. But I should be able to pull my foot out of it, clean myself off, and move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's going to be some heat behind it, but who am I to say, you know, oh, I just really dislike what that person done, this, that, and the third, and she's just nothing to me. I was like, wow, aren't, aren't we just holier than thou, are we? All right. I, I don't mean to um, move on, but we still got a couple of topics that I want to discuss before we get off the air. Oh, can we go to Monique? 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 We're going to go to Monique in a minute. After, we're going we to get to her in a minute. 
So I want to talk about this whole thing about this Me Too movement because there's been a lot of foolishness going on with these allegations. Like it's getting to the point now where politicians are being called out, the preachers being called out, the pastors being called out, the 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 uh, the deacons being called out. Like the, I mean, it's just everybody in every facet of life. It it, it started off in Hollywood. Now it's just it's inching like in in all different directions in, in society. Like like we've been knowing stuff like this has been going on in the church, but now Hollywood's being exposed. Like you have teachers, you have just everybody just coming out with their stories now. But unfortunately, there's been a couple um, uh, false allegations or or allegations that have been put out here where people are starting to give these people the side eye. Um, and like to me, it's really sad because the the whole movement, which was originally started by a lady by the name of Tarana Burke, um, it, it, she started this movement like I think over ten years ago. Like where she really was, you know, she really was um, wanting to tackle the issue of women being um, sexually assaulted. Like not just these people that you know in Hollywood that. Sold, they sold out for a couple of bucks and did some strange for a piece of change. Now you want to come back later, years later, and, and, and cry foul. Now we're talking about the like the intern, like like Lovely T said on her video, we, I, the intern or the, the the young professional that had to choose between their boss making advances towards them and paying their rent and risking you know being put out on the street. You know they had to weigh out their options and just. You know what I'm saying? We we talking about people where that that this this issue really is impacting them. Like these people in Hollywood, man, like it's just really sick and twisted how a lot of these people are throwing people under the bus because you want to get back at somebody or like um I think it is name, like the the actor um Aziz Aziz and sorry and sorry. Aziz, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the guy from what was that Big Bang? Yeah, they said that pretty much the chick that that was uh, coming out, uh, making the allegations against him, like pretty much they 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 threw her 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 story was trash. Pretty much you you pretty much got treated like a hoe and you you felt some kind of way about it. The date went bad. You know what I'm saying, and you, 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 you felt like a, a a two dollar, two bit junkie prostitute. Like he, he pretty much, you know what I'm saying, like you didn't have that fairy tale, like you know, happy ending like type of date with him. So you got mad and got in your feelings and and, and decided to throw this man under the bus. And now this man's reputation is ruined. You know what I'm saying, and it's been countless stories like this. That have been surfacing, and it's really causing people to look at this whole entire Me Too thing like, like you know, like are you serious? Like I, I, I just don't understand this. Like my thing is, if you've been seriously like violated, or you've been uh, someone really assaulted you, or, or 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 did something to you, why are you waiting years? Like my thing is, you need to, you need to come out with your story and you need to go to the authorities right when it happens because here's the thing, like you you allowing these people to remain out here to violate somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So that is my biggest thing with this whole entire Me Too movie. 
So yeah, like said, all... like like we said, like we said from the beginning, you know, it, I knew it was, we said it, we called it, and said that it was gonna happen. We were gonna ride the wave of the actual of the people that are actually victimized, and then you always got the lurkers in the back going, "Okay, is it?" They're like sitting on the sideline like a double dutch game, you know what I'm saying? Just ready to jump in and just make a debauchery, you know what I'm saying, of of the actual movement. And that's what the sad part about that is, is that there are actual victims out here, like that guy in the gymnastics thing. There was over 165 girls. That was just who were allowed to speak, testify against this man. And there's another 100 and some odd that's testifying today, that did it today in a third case. So it's like you got all these people that are actually victims, and then you got those one or two little lonely little cockroaches that want to just come out of the woodwork and try to piece together a story and make it sound good. Talking about me too. No, not you. Find you something to do. So it's like those they ones are, are going to make it hard. They are, they are cousin, I don't. Yeah. I, I just can't deal with you right now. Uh, you'll call them cockroaches. They are, Matt. Do y'all got something y'all want to throw in here? Y'all been kind of quiet. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I. So look, I, I, the, the situation of the disease. I'm sorry, I, I agree that that story was it was a little ridiculous. I think that was more of a smear campaign looking to you know find some media relevance, um, or unless she was paid, I don't know. But you know, so I thought that story was a little crazy. What, what it did reveal uh, was, I, I think it revealed kind of some of the. Uh, an element of women's experience in the world, in a patriarchal world. You know, so she felt uncomfortable. She felt pressured. She wanted to say no to Aziz, but she and she did, and he stopped. Um, you know, so, and, and, it, and it continued, and she she ended up saying, you know, you you men are all alike. You know, and so so then it comes out, and he publicly publicly apologizes and doesn't realize how how badly he had, you know, upset her or what have you. And, you know, so I, I think it does point to the fact that, you know, in the dating world and just being in public as a woman, you're more likely to be catcalled and be, you know, treated in certain ways that men won't always tune into and, you know, and our perspective of experience. Some of the world same, but, you know. So I think it was, I think that kind of showed us something that, you know, women can be, you know, hurt by a lot of men and perhaps sometimes, having been hurt and mistreated and objectified by men a lot, that you can see that sort of objectification in actions that may not necessarily be there, you know. But in general, I, I, I did feel like this, that story did kind of cheapen the Me Too movement. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's, I think it's, it's well past time that our society has this conversation. Um, and it's, you know, um, I think, like you said at the beginning, there's at the, at the end there, Seneca about uh, you know a lot of a lot of women's jobs, income, livelihoods on the line. So they have to choose between you know reporting something to HR or saying something publicly, and you know they may not be able to feed their feed their kids or you know keep their home. So I think it's I think I think this movement's important, 
But I think we just have to be really careful to not let it get cheapened by certain kinds of framings of the story. Um, so I, and I do think that men in power are, you know, have, have quite the history up till now of, you know, using their power um, to, you know, um, manipulate women and try to, you know, use them, treat them as objects, as sexual objects. Um, I just think we have to be, it's a very nuanced conversation that our society is learning to have, and it's going to be a while before that, before the dust all settles. <laughs> so it's complicated. That's yeah. what I'd have to say. Oh yeah, it's it's going to. I think we. I think we're still going to have. I think there's somebody that is just uh, narcissist enough to believe that they're untouchable. Oh, there's still a few that are going to try it. You know, and it may not be. I don't think it'll be like a high-profile person. I think it's going to be like these lower totem pole people's, like, you know, mm-hmm. your boss at McDonald's. So, you know what I'm saying? Somebody like mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. that feel like, you know what I'm saying, I'm I'm this low under the radar. So, and like you said, most of the people that have these lower entry-level jobs, they have a choice to make. Right. It's either yeah. I, I I take on the advances and just kind of brush it off, or I say something and I'm out of work right. tomorrow. You know, right. so I think these I think these entry level jobs and these, you know, lower level jobs, that's where the heat is really about to sit and fester. I don't think nobody with any type of credential I think they're too scared right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're too scared right now. Yeah, it's too much for them to lose. Like, I, but I, I really think we need to get back to to the average, you know, Joe. I mean, I think this movement was originally for the everyday person that had, you know, I'm saying that, yeah. you know, these Hollywood they, and I, I don't mean to sound, I don't mean to sound rude or condescending, but I don't really care about them because, like, my thing is, you guys have it made. You guys have money. You guys have resources. I'm talking about the every Every day, like you know, like I said, the intern or the the yeah. like you said, the entry level worker, or you know, like those those people that I'm I'm worried about because these people are defenseless. They don't have money. They don't have resources. They don't have um, a means to really keep out. So um, I, I really feel that those are the people I think this movement was originally intended for, and I think that it, it needs to get back to that. Not just these people mm-hmm. from Hollywood wanting to jump on a bandwagon or exploit the entire um, situation. That's just how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I don't think, and I don't think that what I think is what I think is going to get lost is that there's supposed to be this uh, grassroots organization that a lot of the funds have supposedly went to for the everyday woman. That has that wants to file a sexual harassment claim or whatever. They're not putting that message out there. That message has gotten lost in all the chatter because somebody working at a local firm doesn't know that there's a grassroots organization going on putting funding together for people like her to be able to go to and say, hey, 
I need to get a lawyer or I want to report being sexually assaulted or harassed. She doesn't know that because that message has gotten lost in all the screaming. No, I mean, so Dale, if we, if we can flip so Dale, the script for a second. Oh, sorry, okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll make it real quick. I, I was just saying, why don't we try flipping the script for just a second? So what we're looking at are women's issues, right, with the Me Too movement. Now, so um, looking at it from the perspective of higher profile uh, complaints of sexual harassment or assault, um, let's flip the script and change to a different issue. If I wonder, do you think to change the demographic, um, if it weren't if we weren't talking about um, sexism, patriarchy, we were talking about race issues. If we looked at let's let's say if if Obama in his campaign through his presidency had talks about his experience um, as an African American and his experiences of um, racial prejudice and attacks, do you think he would have been elected if he had used that, or do you think people would have um, said that he was using the race card? I, what, what I'm trying to do here is to suggest if, if a woman in a high-profile situation you know, uses the hashtag MeToo, um, they get the people in high-profile situations get attacked more because they're, one might argue, they're trying to further their career by you know, you know, uh, running from someone through the muck, right? I wonder if, if I don't know if, if I'm saying this the way I'm, try, I'm trying. I don't know if I'm communicating this well. But do you think if it were a different issue, do you think we'd be having the same kind of conversation the same way? Does, is my question making any sense? I I think I I'm getting what you're saying. I don't think we would because to me, like this is an issue that's impacting them. So of course they they're gonna care more about it. It's something that crosses. The the racial lines. Racism is something that's just you know, just you know, it 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 affects a smaller group of people. You know what I'm saying? So this is something right. that they're they're more passionate about. Yeah. So that's just how I, I feel. Yeah. I feel that it, it's a different yeah. conversation. Well, yeah, I, I believe this about the beat. I believe this about the Me Too movement. Had we had just a regular person that got into the White House without a bunch of baggage behind them, I don't think this Me Too movement would have taken off the way it did. But because we have an admitted assaulter in the White House that nobody's doing anything about Mm -hmm. that fueled the fire for the Me Too movement to come back to the forefront. But here's my here's my dilemma with the Me Too movement. We have forgotten about everybody's going against you know going against uh Harvey Weinstein and all these other people that you know that have assaulted women and we're not gonna stand for it for it, blah blah blah. What are we doing about the guy in the big house? Right that had over 50 women come forward and say that they were assaulted by this man. 
No one's giving these women their chance to, you know what I'm saying, face their accuser. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying, face the, the right. person that assaulted them. Everybody's talking about, you know, the celebrity this and the celebrity that, you know, and, and oh, she she's one person. She said it happened to her and blah, blah, blah. But we've forgotten about these other women. Mm-hmm. So it's like, to me, I get it. But then in the same breath, why is your story more important than my story? I couldn't be one of the women that have accused Trump of sexually assaulting me. I couldn't be one because I would be on every broadcast, every TV show, every radio program. Like, you would get tired of hearing me. Right. Because they've been silenced. Right. And their story is no less important than the other women. But you know, I think a lot of those people have probably been paid off too. Like he, he's probably he's probably assaulted so many people. But like I said, it's it's about that that money. That's why I don't respect a lot of these people because some a lot of these people have been paid off. Like you know, you know they they've been they've been paid hush money, and they ain't really about their life because if somebody's throwing them some um, writing them a, a fat check, if somebody you know financing a luxurious lifestyle, they don't care about it, and that means. You ain't gonna be no me too. You ain't, you ain't getting none of this money. It's gonna be for me only. You know what I'm saying? That, that's all they care about. It, 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 it ain't gonna be no me too. It, it, it's, you know, no. Like, that, it, it's, that's why I can't really take a lot of these people serious because if y'all was willing to putting the message out, of here, out here about sexual assault and, and sexual misconduct, some of y'all wouldn't have been taking these. These, these settlements and this, that, and the other. You know what I'm saying? To keep your mouth. That's just so, you don't be about the so, life. You don't be about putting a message out here and be about it. You see what I'm saying? So, so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw a couple of cents into this. And, you know, I, you know I'm sorry. I got, I got to play devil's advocate on this one. Because uh, when it comes to Donald Trump, you know, I, I I don't doubt one single bit that he assaulted some women in this and that, okay? But then again, so did Clinton, so and we could go back in time. Every single president has had, at some point, someone he had a fling with in their past, okay? But the, di- the difference when it came to Trump is this. He was already famous and already had money prior to becoming president, okay? So, and again, I'm just plain devil's advocate, okay? I, I, by no means do I support any kind of sexual assault towards anybody, women or men, okay? But how many women, how many women will go out and keep in mind, this is before he was president, when he was just Donald Trump, international playboy, you know, billionaire, real estate mogul. How many women would go out thinking, hey, you know what, I'm going to go get me a piece of him, and I'm going to get my payday, and I'm going to get mine, you know? And when things maybe didn't go their way, then they started saying, well, if you don't pay me, I'm going to do this. How, how, you know? Unfortunately, it happens way too often, especially if you're uh, uh, of a celebrity status. Like, I just read a story the other day 
uh, about a pro wrestler in WWE. Now, this is apples to oranges, but it falls on the same line. Where he was literally, this guy had gone through the independent circuit. He was the next big thing coming up. He just had that it factor, okay, to become the next big name star within wrestling. And as if anyone that follows professional wrestling, when you become that big name star, that's where you make your money. So you go from making the $50 shows to making the two commas income, okay? And he was on the verge of breaking out. And he put himself, he put himself, because he was an idiot, put himself in a situation to where he took a chick who was known for being you know, uh, had a bit of a reputation. She had admitted uh, and had got videos on Facebook about how to fake pregnancies and all this and that, you know, who, who had a sketchy reputation. Meets this chick at a bar after a show, takes her to his room. They have a fling. She takes him for money. He doesn't pay. She goes crying sexual assault. All right? So... So in essence, are now, you saying that this, this a lot of times it has to do deal with blackmail? You think it is? You think that that's what it is a lot of times? So I agree. Exactly. And, and now the dude has lost his job because of it. Right at the point where he was getting ready to make the money, you know. So keep in mind, the man was already famous prior to becoming president. He was a real. He, you know, he had his money. He had. His real estate, multi-billion-dollar estates throughout the world. He was known as an international playboy. He was the main financier behind the Miss America pageant. He was, you know, I can go on and on and on and on on him. But the one thing that he had, you know, reality show star. Everyone's looking for their 15 minutes of fame. You know, and. If you know, let's just play devil's advocate for one minute and take into account that maybe, just maybe, like you said, people have gotten hush money. Is it really hush money to stay quiet, or is it hush money because it was already prearranged? You know, it, it was a goods and services exchange. You know, he That's got his rocks off, he paid them off. That's what I said. That was one thing that I said, and I was I was very full of pie for it when I said it back in the day. But we had our situation here in the state of Indiana. Mike Tyson fell on the sword. Right. Because, because you're not going to tell me, and I get that, you know, just because it was 3 a.m., don't necessarily mean that, you know what I'm saying, he had the right to do whatever it was he did to her. But I'm sorry, what I believe what I believe what happened was she showed up, she did what she did, and Mike told her that I'll see you tomorrow. Or I'll see you never. No money exchanged hands. She was pissed. And when you're in a good old Bible Bible Beltway state, <laughs> and you're a black man, uh-huh. and oh, yeah. you know, and you know, for your little vicious ways, 
because you are the heavyweight champion of the world at this time. Right. You 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 had to follow on that sword. It was a perfect. It was a perfect storm, and it was just. It was just it, all the circumstances together just made. Yeah, yeah. It, it it just wasn't a good thing. Like you look at all the the variables that 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 were in the you know that took place in that situation. It it was just a recipe for disaster. You know, I remember. I yep. remember that story. And I, I was young. I remember bits and pieces of it. I just, I just what I remember. It was just an ugly. It was just an ugly situation, and it wasn't a really good look for Indianapolis either. Like it really was. Like you know, like it's just you know we we always I already know I always notice that Indianapolis is always in 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 the middle of some type of scandal. Like, that's what I said. You know something that something that surprised me about this city that I really I didn't really pay attention to is that if a lot of celebrities that have been knocked down a peg or two by coming through this city. That's why we don't get a lot of different venues, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that that comes through here. Because this city is hell when it comes to celebrities. They don't care that you're a celebrity. Right. You either you either dance to the beat. Y'all remember how right they did Ray Charles uh, back in the day? Y'all exactly. That, 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 they back, it goes back decades. Like it's 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 just Indianapolis has been known for that. Like I just I was just I was really shocked at that. You know, perfect new new example is okay so. I went to the Janet. I know we off topic now. We always get off topic, but anyway, um, we went to Jan. I went to the Janet Jackson concert a couple months ago. Right now, everybody has seen her videos from her concerts in other cities. She's very risque, very on the line of pornographic. Like she, she, she totes the line when it comes down to her concerts. When I say you could have sung Jesus is the light of the world at her concert here, that's how saved it was. There was no pulling no unsuspected happy little teenager off the off the, the ground floor to bring him up to gyrate up what none of that. I said, Well, I think I've been chipped. <laughs> and so I guarantee that stuff that Nelly was pulling would have never flown here in Indianapolis. They would have had his butt on. They would have had his behind on a uh, uh, walking the plank, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's like as I say, you really got to pay attention to your environment. I'm one, and I tell people all the time as a woman. You don't necessarily have to come off as a hard ass, but if you lay the groundwork to let people around you know that you ain't to be fucked with, excuse my French, but if you lay the groundwork and put that atmosphere out there, like, look, I'm nice as, I'm nice as can be, I'm friendly and all of that, but don't try it. 
You know what I'm saying? You 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 they're less likely to try you. So like I said, predators do just that. They prey on people that they feel like have no other option. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. I think I think it's very important for people to instill that into their children. Like and especially the women, but these, these young boys too. Like you have to instill in them at a young age. Like you know, you know, you have to let them know what's really going on out here. You can't just send them out here in this world with no skills, or, uh, not knowing what's out here, because this is the kind of stuff that will happen to them. And, and you need to tell them if somebody's violating you. I don't care if it's a, a boy, girl, whoever. You need to you know, speak, speak up. Don't be holding that stuff in and don't be waiting for you know, 10, 15, 20 years later. Your chances of getting any kind of, um, you know, any justice is pretty much thrown out the window because you don't let the statute of limitation pass by. What are you going to do then? Like, you can't prove anything and, and you won't be the one that gives the side to So you have to, t- we have to teach these kids and just. Tell them, like, you know, you got to instill in them at a young age that you have to to speak up when somebody violates you. Yeah, speak up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, friends, real quick, while I, while I excuse myself to go get on the ones and twos and broad ripple here, I just wanted to say uh, thanks real quick for uh, letting me participate on this 100th episode here. Appreciate it. You guys are great conversation partners, so I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. So thanks so much, guys. All right. Yeah, thank you, Matthew, and I will let you know when we do the next show. All right, thanks so much, guys. You guys be safe. All right, have a good night. All right, now I want to get on this real quick about Monique. We got, we got, we got, we got a little bit left to go. I, I was gonna get on this last topic, and I'm gonna get off here for tonight. But I know you, you got a lot to say about Monique. Now, Jr. I'm gonna following Monique in, in the Netflix thing, but. I'm going to start off with this clip so everybody knows the context behind this. And then we're going to talk about some new development uh, behind uh, the entire Monique situation because she's been going some, she's been coming hard for some big wigs for years. And I've been, you know, originally I was rooting for Monique, but now it's just like, girl, you're doing too much. And that, and that nigga that's I say he 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 just he he just seems like a weasel. Something about him just ain't right. Something ain't right about him. But we gonna discuss that in a minute. I'm gonna play this clip. I want y'all to hear uh, what's been happening in the internet in the uproar in the past the past two and we're gonna come back with the rest of our commentary. I am asking that you stand with me and boycott Netflix for gender bias and color bias. I was offered a $500,000 deal last week to do a comedy special. However, Amy Schumer was offered $11 million, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle $20 million. Then Amy Schumer went back and renegotiated $2 more million because she said, I shouldn't get what the men are getting, they're legends, however, I should get more, and Netflix agreed. When we asked Netflix to explain the difference, why the money was so different. They said, well, we believe that's what Monique will bring. We said, well, what about my resume? They said, we don't go off of resumes. Then we asked them, what was it about Amy Schumer? And they said, well, she sold out Madison Square Garden and she had a big deal over the summer. 
Is that not an issue with resume? And then Netflix said, by the way, we believe most of them are too. Why should we be the ones getting? Please stand with me in this boycott of Netflix. I love us for real. All right, so that was a video that went viral, and everybody has had something to say, and it's really opened up the, the uh, conversation about gender and, and, and racial bias in the entertainment industry. Now, there's several things that that I find questionable about Monique's claims. Like, and um, I, when I first heard it, I said, "Well, I think it's kind of." stretching it for you to tell people to boycott Netflix, considering that Netflix has paved the way and opened up the, the it's, it's open, they've opened up doors for a lot of independent um, artists, a lot of independent like um, producers and, and, and people that would have, especially African American um, uh, filmmakers and producers that would have never gotten a chance in Hollywood. And for her to, you know, come out with that statement. It just seemed like she was being real selfish and self serving. You know what I'm saying? So that was just something I didn't wanna I didn't want to believe it because, you know, I always liked Monique, you know, I've always, you know, kind of liked her comedy and, you know, and I just like how she's always been an advocate for the LGBT community and, and just, just the things that I've seen her in. But it just seems like every Everybody, like she's the common denominator. Like every, she has an issue with everybody. She even tried to come from for Roland Martin, and Roland Martin was one of the people that had her back, and he did a whole special with her. You know when she was um, alleging that Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels and Oprah blackballed her, he he pretty much gave her a platform to come on the show to air out her grievances, and she even put his brother under the bus. So it's at this point I think that. Sydney, that guy that she's with, that she's currently married, married to, I think that he is, uh, I think he's pretty much ruining, ruining. Like he He's causing her to make a lot of poor decisions, you know, um, and it came out that she was offered originally $3 million from Netflix. She didn't want to tell you guys that. She was offered $3 million for a special. All they want to know, now, mind you, she approached them. They didn't approach her. She approached them about doing this special. They offered her $3 million, and the only thing, condition that they had is they wanted to see her perform. They wanted her to audition. They wanted to see what they were, were getting into before they decided to uh, give her this $3 million contract. She decided that her ego was too big to be uh, auditioned because, oh, I, I – I won this role doing, you know, in the movie Precious. Okay, any anybody's ghetto mama or auntie could have played that role. Like, I mean, y'all, you, we we we've seen that. Like, you that that role was something that. Okay, she did a phenomenal job in it. But to me, I don't think that she should be at the point to where she feels that she she is above. Uh, having to prove herself. You see what I'm saying? And I think that that is really turning a lot of people off, and they, they're saying how they feel that Monique is using the whole race card and the whole gender bias thing to earn her more money. Like, because to me, like, if you – my thing is you should have took that $500,000 and you could have bargained with them. 
you could have uh, made a deal with them, and you could even produce your own stuff. And it just, to me, I felt that the whole situation was handled wrong, just like she did with Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels, and Oprah. Now, I know Oprah did do her dirty by bringing her family members on the show. Like, the one, you know, I don't know, it was like, and they interviewed her about the sexual abuse going on in their family and stuff like that. But I just feel the way she handled things was kind of wrong. So... Okay, so here's my take. I was not Monique has bitched moaned and grown about so much in the last year or so that it's like you know how you go to work and it's always that one person that just don't have nothing positive to say? Like they always complaining about something. Like the light at the corner was stayed red too long. Like they always mad about something. And she's portraying she's falling right into that angry black woman syndrome. It's like yeah. she's mad about everything. And it's like I was like, really, Monique, like for real. Come on. I, I get it. I get that, you know, okay, if they offered you that low amount, be mad. But do what Wanda Sykes said do. She said, Netflix offered me less than that. I told them no, thank you for the offer, and went on somewhere else. That's those people's money. You don't though. have you to. Nobody gives you no money. And she ain't even been on the scene. She ain't been relevant in years. She ain't. She don't post any. You know, she don't even try to keep herself relevant. You know what I'm saying? And you, you still hanging on to that that victory that you you that was back in '09. She got that. That that uh, <laughs> I, I, girl, what have you been doing since then? You haven't put out any shit. That, you ain't been doing anything. So like that you, one they graduated from high school that didn't think they was gonna make it, and now all of a sudden they want to talk about it. I'm a high school graduate. Okay, we all are. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But it was like, but for me, it was like her whole way of doing it. You probably could have got more supporters. You know, if you would have came out and said, I don't know, just I feel like there's some inequality going on, but boycott Netflix, though? No, that's not going to happen. Like I this said, is just not going to happen. For the black community, they've done too too much for independent uh, uh, movie makers and, 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 and people that would have never gotten a chance. You, you know, oh, uh, girl... Oh girl was oh girl was probably sitting on the sideline going uh uh-uh, uh Tiffany Haddish, you know she was probably going Psh, bitch, okay boycott Netflix. <laughs> and see this is my thing this this stuff like this always weakens the 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 argument of race racial injustice and inequality when you have people out here that play that card wrong. You know what I'm saying like. We're not disputing that that these um, that inequality takes place in Hollywood. We're not disputing that, but it's just the way that you are out here carrying on. And my thing is, is like, it's something about that husband of hers. I can't put my finger on it, but Monique was you about probably see him twirling on the scene somewhere. 
the day. And ever since she done hooked up with this man, they in that open relationship, they doing all this foolishness. It just seems like she done lost her darn mind. She done lost her mind. That's what I said. Since she hit her bank account. That's what I said. You probably see him twirling on the scene somewhere. Ain't no telling with him. He he just don't. I'm like you. Something about him. He's got an open asshole, girl. That's what he got. Exactly. Open booty hole, open mouth, open everything. And now, and now you got an open hole in your in your in your pockets because you making all these crazy moves, and y'all just doing too much. Everybody is starting to see it. Like you know, like it's. And then you coming for people that can just easily obliterate you if they want to. Why? Why are you coming for Oprah like that? Okay, I know she did you wrong. Why are you coming for Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels? Like. It, it's just like, I just think that, that she obviously don't have a team of people behind her, like, that's telling her, you know, she, I, I don't know who's managing her. I don't know who, but they're not, I don't know. Twinkle You said what? I said Twinkle Toes is managing her, and that's why she ain't done nothing. And my thing is this, because... I, 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 and that's why I love Whoopi Goldberg. I don't care what nobody say. That is the realest woman in Hollywood ever in life. She don't care. She say what she want to, and, and ain't nobody going to come for her. Because I bet you Monique ain't coming for Whoopi. Why she running around here hollering she's the most decorated? Whoopi was like, uh, so... That's I got an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy. Huh? That, that was disrespectful, though, for her to put that claim out there like that. Most decorated. I'm the most decorated comedian alive. Girl, on what planet? Because right now, Kevin Hart is killing you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and my thing is, if, if my thing is, she doesn't have crossover. Like her, her comedy doesn't is it crossing over into different genres? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you, your 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 comedy in in in, in your movie roles ain't doing nothing. Like they they not crossing over. Like you 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 may have headlines in a small demographic. You, you may be making headway in a small demographic, but you're not crossing over. Like you, your 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 comedy. Your your uh, presentation is not appealing to a wide array of people. Like it's not. So you have to yeah. look at it like, like yeah. like Kevin Hart and like some of these other um, successful comedians and actors and stuff like that. You have to have crossover appeal. You can't just my thing. Look at my thing. Right. Right. Somebody's about to be checking for you. It's about look at Dave Chappelle. Like, look at Dave Chappelle. That man went off, lost his mind, came back, and making bazillions now. Yep, and he's been able to stay relevant. <laughs> and so it's like, you, you dragging other brothers in this, you, you dragging other brothers and, and, and other black people into this foolishness. That's just the thing. That, that, well, that's that's why she I just. Like, they, they, she's just like, mad because she, she, you can tell, 
she felt she was big mad. She was like Amy Schumer was able to agree to a certain amount and then come back and ask for like two more million and got it. You mad because her hustle hand better than yours? That's my thing. What you counting everybody else's money for? I mean, she really? counts everybody's coin. I'm just mad that she just set up here and threw these brothers under the bus. That's 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 what I'm mad about. And then you going on all these shows. You you going? You, she done went on Time Join the Morning Show. She done went on. She only has she been on. Uh, she ain't been on the Be- Breakfast Club. I mean, she done been everywhere. I don't think she's been on the Breakfast Club yet. Let me say yet because that is yeah, just as sure as I'm saying that she'll probably be popping up on there tomorrow or, or in the next right. couple of that. It's just hang on, ridiculous. It's it's really ridiculous how she's sitting up here exploiting this situation. Like you want everybody to stand behind you and ruin that ruin situation with Netflix, you know. And like people, black people are now starting to be able to start building their own empire and and doing their own independent thing. And you want everybody to throw away that to come over and help you get rich. Like she she's selfish. She didn't even think about how this could impact other people. We're talking about boycotting Netflix. Like that's just that's that's just crazy to me. Like that just the arrogance behind that is just baffling. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Monique, but she's wrong. She's she's wrong in this. Oh yeah, she I was mean, wrong with her for that. She, I, I'm not no. Mm-mm. And I think you talking about your man always. Your man's always got your back and telling you to do the right thing. He ain't telling you to do the right thing, obviously, because your your career is going down the drain. But I said she'll she'll never until she humbles herself. She'll never. She'll never get it the way. You know what I'm saying? It'll it'll never happen for her. They are will really never happen for her. Jay, are you still online? I see his number up there, but I don't think he's on yet. So I, I, I just I just have a problem with that whole situation. Like I mean, everybody's been going in on her, that especially that, that, that one journalist, John John Murray, he came up with he came yep. with them receipts. You, you heard it. yeah. He had he had came with with receipts. Like he said, like the problem ain't with everybody else, it's Monique. They said she got a real bad attitude. And this this was said even back in the day, like with the whole Lee Daniels Lee Daniels thing. And people more people are coming out talking about she she treats the staff like she she treats the people that are the assistants and everybody like crap. You know what I'm saying? Like um, they said that just working with her is just like like it's a nightmare on set. And then you sitting up here. Yeah, she just like she's completely blew it and and just I I don't know. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of of us women that have really. Maybe just kind of sit back and reevaluate them as a as a whole. Like um, another one, I've never been a big fan of hers, but the more I see her on this show, the more I realize that she doesn't realize that she's the butt of the show. 
she's the court, what we call the court jester. She's the one to do ridiculous stuff just to get a get a laugh. And that's Cheryl Underwood. And, like, she ain't been my biggest person because, for one, she's a devout Republican. And I was like, I don't get it, but whatever. But it's just like, you know, I, I just don't, I don't get these women out of it, especially these, these celebrity women. It's like, y'all done made it, and then all of a sudden, y'all just done got real strength. Yeah, Cheryl Underwood, she still lost her she lost, she lost her ghetto card a long time ago. She lost her hood card a long time ago. Like, my thing is is like she get on that she get on that door um look at the talk that she's on. She get on there sucking and jiving and, and just tap dancing around. I feel like, they, like, they like Do you notice that? Like she's she's the odd one out. Like they make her Look like you know what I'm saying. She's the clown of the group. She got on all these funny looking wigs. You know, she she the one doing tricks for the for the what we call the master. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm like, do you not see yourself? Mm-hmm. But that yeah, I thought I was on the book. <laughs> I'm like telling you, I thought I was. A- I, I used to like, because I used to like when she used to be on the Time Zone in the Morning show, when she used to do her commentaries and stuff, but it seemed like once she left there and got on that on that talk, like, she just, I, I don't know what she's doing. Like, you remember how she came on the fire, because she was talking about, uh, uh, what she made, she made uh, a reference. She sat around, she sat, she sat her, her clownish black behind on that stage and was talking about black people hair is nappy. Don't nobody want no nappy hair or something like that, she said. And she was just pretty much on there cooning in front of them, and it backfired. I don't know if you remember that. Remember she was talking about natural hair? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I sure do. She And they they making her pay for it because, honey, she got on a fro every day, every time she come on that show. I said, oh, they going to make you wear nappy hair now. I said, that's cute. <laughs> Make it look like a clown that you eat. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just, I just, and to me, it's just like, do you think who, who you think is more problematic, her or that Aisha Curry on that show? Now, I like Aisha Curry, um, to a degree. I think she was one of those, you know. She's one of them house niggas that made it. She was the product of her environment. She was the, the product of her environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I she can't. I, I don't want to say she can't help the way she is, but I'm pretty. I mean, she, she's just who she is. But Cheryl Underwood, right. her, her antics is ridiculous. Yeah. So like with that, and I'm still trying to figure out how Eve kind of fell into. The co-host seat, I don't get it. I guess she's trying to go mainstream now. You know, she done married this Italian or whatever he is. Like, she don't even live in the United States. Like, she comes here just to do the show and then goes back. Wow. So, yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm, I don't know really she's... Yeah, I, I, I yeah sorry. I don't even know what to say. I, but you know, I guess that um, it was like a big to do 
because I guess she, uh, I guess Monique came out and said that Cheryl Underwood told her to, uh, it, it, I guess Cheryl Underwood addressed it on the show. She said that Monique uh, did a video saying that, oh, you just you need to accept whatever they give you or, or you need to go apologize uh Stuff like this. Yeah, and I heard Cheryl Underwood say that's like that ain't what I told you. <laughs> I'm like, man. And then you know, Monique, she fell out with uh what's her name to be on time during the morning show, um the one that looked like Jack Hay. Oh, um uh, uh Kim yeah, uh, Kim, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Kim Whitley. Kim Whitley. She fell out with her. She fell out with so many going people. Like at first, I, I was having sympathy for Monique. I said, well, maybe you know she is the underdog. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, how many people are you going to keep falling out with? Like, how is it? Is it everybody else, or is it just you? Like, I, I just I don't understand. And, yeah, and like, like for I me, said, like, like I said, she. She lost her. She lost her talking points when she just started coming for random people. I was like, "What have these people done to you?" And, and, and nobody's saying that her argument or her her claim about um, gender and, and racial bias in Hollywood isn't real. Like, you know, um, nobody's saying that they can't be substantiated with evidence because we know that 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 takes place in the entertainment world. Nobody's that, but people are saying that she is not the right person, or she 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 does not need to be the person on the forefront talking about this issue. That's 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 the thing that everybody's saying. Yeah, it's like she just she she killed it. She really did. She killed it, you know. And it's just like nobody's listening to her anymore. And it's like every day, at least. At least three times a week, she's on somebody's blog show or on somebody's radio show, still spewing all this just nonsense. Nobody's listening anymore. You know her. You know um, the Queen's Court. Uh, Kaya and T.S. Madison roasted the hell out of her. I did not see it. Somebody told me that I gotta go to their page. Oh yeah. They said, girl, you you know, I mean, my thing is you you know what you're dealing with. Like, quit instead of complaining, don't you make a way out of nowhere and, and do your own thing. And, and like I was watching another um YouTuber that I follow, uh, Funky Nine made a good made a good point that um that she could have just uh financed her own special and worked with uh Netflix and made an agreement with them like if I if I get this many views and this 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 and that and if it does this many views and that many views like like you she could have done it a whole lot different. Yeah, she 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 shot herself in the foot on that one. And now she's now she's 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 blacklisted all through Hollywood now. Do you think there's any chance of her coming back? No. I, I think she killed it for herself. 
or if she do come back, it's going to be a long while. And like I said, the one person that you probably shouldn't have pissed off was Tyler Perry. But she claimed that he came back and apologized to her. But even I heard that too. But even with that, that wasn't good enough for her. Yeah. So it's like it's like the one person that owns his own rights to everything and is making celebrities out of nobodies. You pissed him off. Yeah. My thing is, my girl used to just let water. But what's 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 that saying? Let let the water, water the roll off a duck's back. Right. She should have just like say, hey, my money, like I'm trying to make these coins. Like, even if you didn't even accept his apology and this and the other, he was trying to extend the olive branch. Baby, you should have took it and make your coins because you could have got some money. You want to take everything personal. If you want to take everything, something like, girl, it ain't even about that. It's about business. Like, at, at the end of the day, get your coins to deal with them people. She could have been making millions. She could have been making them coins. She wants to take everything personal, man. The man gave you some sort of apology. You should have went on here and, and just let it roll. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, it, it just and that's what I say. Like I say like this. You got to pull a Samuel L. Jackson. He is the most unliked person in Hollywood. But yet, they beaten his door down to get him to star in their movies. This man will never win an Academy Award of any kind because of his past. But yet, he's still, he about getting secure in the bag. Securing that bag, there you go. He is securing the bag all the way. He could care less that y'all don't like. I don't care if y'all don't ever give me an award for anything. I got Capital One in my pocket. I got y'all begging me to come and star in y'all movie. Like, come on. <laughs> you need to take the page out of Cardi B's book, honey. You need to be making the money move. Boy, I said she doing more moving on that treadmill and and less moving in that don't she do she need to do less moving on that treadmill and more moving in her career. How about that? Yeah, like she just. Right. I know, I know she's moving weight to look healthy and all that stuff. I, I, I just don't know about it. It's just the whole situation is just problematic. Like you know what I'm saying, like. And you allowing that Yeah, she she pretty much allowed him. He's pretty much pimping her out. We like, okay, we ain't brought no money in in a while. Let's stir up the fire and, and see what we can get. Nothing. He's supposedly crying on this radio show because I feel like I promised my wife that I would allow her to do whatever it is she want to do and make whatever she want to make, and I'm failing at it. No, you're failing at being a man. Let's start there. (laughs) That's what you're failing at. 
I just I don't understand any. For one, I don't understand any. You you supposed to be your daddy or your your black king. I don't see any respect for a black man that that respects his black queen that's gonna allow her to be in an open relationship. And I think it's probably more of him benefiting the open relationship thing than she is. I feel that she's probably going along with it, and he and he's just stringing her, stringing her along, making her making a fool out of her. And she and she's gonna come to one day, man. And she she you know she gonna probably have one of them come to Jesus, uh, uh, TV specials, come you know she she come home special where she she gonna talk about her relationship and how he brought her down to her lowest and stuff like that, honey. It's going to be one of them things in the future because she, she mm-hmm. don't have nothing. Because my thing is this, you, you're looking at him. Because it's like you look at him and you go, okay, I get the open relationship thing, but how is this open relationship benefiting me? You're not bringing any money to the table. You're, you 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 have what nothing. Exactly. It'd be different if you know what I'm saying. Like I used to tell people all the time, I say cookie wasn't no. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, cookie wasn't no food. Yeah, Magic Johnson out here just slanging it all over the place, and that's fine. She was like, but I'm going to make sure that back in the day, secure in the bag. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I mean, like, what does he bring to the table that makes y'all having this open relationship work? I really believe that in my heart of hearts, the open relationship came as him downplaying her when she was bigger. And he played into her self-esteem. That's, I think that's, that's and, what it is. He played into her self-esteem and pretty much probably told her, if somebody tell you enough that you ugly or that you not going to, you know what I'm saying, you ain't going to never, you can't keep a husband because, you know, you done already ruined one relationship, so now you got to marry me. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody else going to want you. Don't nobody else want to be bothered with you but me. So this is what I want. Because there's no way in the world no man is going to come into my life and tell me that we're going to have an open relationship. Unless you're making Trump money, there's no such thing as an open relationship. And it's one thing if that's something... I mean, it's one thing is that's something that you want to do, but she don't want to do that because she don't come across like the type type of sister. Like she always talked about how she was always in her previous relationship. She was the one in in the uh, relationship that was holding everything down. She was the more aggressive one. How do you go from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum, allowing all this foolishness to take place? How do you do that? Yep. Yep. I believe that, like I said, I believe it was truly a self-esteem issue. Because you look at him, and I ain't trying to throw no shade. I ain't trying to be funny. But look at her and look at him. Like, he's he seemed like one of them slick-talking, 
one of them on DL. I'm telling you, I ain't going to even go. He seemed like one of them brothers on DL. They want to eat in with somebody, want to have his cake and eat his food. You know, like one of them people that's afraid that he knows how to talk sweet. He, he got that feminine and that masculine energy. He's, he knows how to he knows how to balance it out so he can get in there and manipulate it. And, she, and he's an opportunist. He's an opportunist. He, he's a friend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I tell you, I'm gonna tell y'all when to come because I'm, I'm just gonna be real with y'all today because this is this, this is gonna be real talk for the ladies. Anytime you see a man out here going with an extremely unattractive woman, and I'm not just saying this, just uh, just uh, I'm not just talking about wait alone, but like someone that's like on a totally different, like on the other side, like on the other end of the spectrum from what they are. That's somebody you better be looking out. That man is in, in, in for it because he's trying to get something out of that woman. Especially that woman got a career. She got money. So I ain't going to tell you how many people I know. I, I got friends that, you know, that they ain't got nothing going for themselves. They always want to go out for the overweight nurse or the overweight, overweight woman that ain't got nothing, but she got a good career. She got money. So what they do is swoop on in and get under, you know, and switch the sweet nothing nothing in their ears so they can get in and get what they want to get from that one. And I think that's what it is with Monique and Sydney. I, I just think that's I I'm sorry, this is how I feel about that. Oh yeah. And like I said, for me, when you know, I have been seeing, you know, little videos of him or whatever and I never really paid him no attention, but here recently I've been going back and looking at him and every 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 undercover radar on me flew up. Like, I'm like, oh, this one here? You subject to see him twirling with the girls. Like, for real. Like, it's just everything about him, just nothing came across as masculine. Nothing came across as dominant. Nothing, nothing. None of it. And I'm just like, yeah, he's suspect. I think people are starting to see it. People are starting to call, call, call it out. You know what I'm saying? And it is just like at this point, he knows. I want to say that his his numbers are up, but he knows that people are on to him now. And if enough people can get into her head and and and, and Speak from to her. She knows that he knows that his name is not. People are starting mm-hmm. to call out. I I I I I don't Oh, we'll Just like that Mary J. Blige relationship, her and that Ken do, the Ken don't. I think it's, it's toxic just like that relationship. Now, that one right there, I, I honestly believe, and Mary ain't going to come out and say it just yet, but Mary has a type of man that she attracts. 
and I believe that he was beating her. That's the that's the type. If you look at all of her relationships, all of her relationships were violent in some form or another. Yeah. Now I'm just hoping that she didn't go off the deep end and start back, you know, delving off into drugs or whatever. I don't think that's what she did, but I do believe that he was abusive. This time, I'm gonna pick you up that attack relationship. I don't mean to get off. Um, I don't mean to get off topic. I mean it's kind of late, late to this, but TTY too. Now her, I think she is the toxic one. Yeah. She is the. I think that's. Uh, hello. We're probably gonna kick us off in a minute because we are we almost short of three hours. Yeah. So if you okay. get kicked off, just call uh, Matt and uh, and just call my regular number and we'll just continue the podcast. Okay. Because I see it's, it's breaking in and out now. Yeah, it has been for a little while. Yeah, it's sorry. Mine's just started here for a minute. I thought it was just my phone, but it's breaking in. No, no, no. I've been listening. I've been listening. <laughs> But yeah, no, Kiki Wyatt, I bet she's the toxic one. She is the common denominator in all of her failed relationships. She's crazy. Yeah. 